Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa mawala wa ba'd. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh to all the lovely viewers and my very special guest in studio, my teacher, my beloved teacher, Mulana Ali Gauda. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa alaikum salam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Subhanallah, I, I want to start off by saying that it is a tremendous honor for me to have Malana in uh, in person in studio. It's not the first time Malana's been on the platform, but uh, to have Malana in studio in this little booth of ours, <laughs> Subhanallah, it's a it's a real honor. So Jazakumullah Khairan for gracing us with your with your presence, Mashallah. Alhamdulillah, it's, in fact, it's an honor for me as well, and only due to your persuasiveness that I'm sitting here. <laughs> That's that's the that's the mild way of putting it. That's like the on-camera version of putting it. Um, Malena, this is a very chilled um, platform. It's a, a little podcast. Um, we have a very youthful audience and people who find that they can relate to uh, dini discussions in a in a very easy way. Correct. So um, I'm not going to ask Malena to take the turban off, but <laughs> the you know, metaphorical version of that. You know, once uh, Malena Khalil was sitting and chatting. Yeah. And Mona Khalil mentioned that you have a sell-by date. <laughs> <laughs> so Allah knows best. You know, when, when one appeals to the youth, most is when your beard is fully black. And as you can see, I've reached my sell-by date, but inshallah, we'll do our best. <laughs> yeah, so now, I, I like that story mm. better than the other story Mona keeps telling people about why the beard is no longer black. That's a much better <laughs> version. Normally, Mona says... Um, no, you uh, used each, to have a black beard and then... and Each, then... each student has a share <laughs> in every white hair. <laughs> Subhanallah. Well, uh, to break the ice, I've got a couple of questions. I call it a quick draw. Mm -hmm. So the idea is basically, I ask the question, well, we'll answer it very simply, straightforward. And it's, uh, it's light-hearted, actually. Mm. Let's begin with a more middle-level light-heartedness. What's Molina's favorite surah? And I'm also going to challenge myself in this to see if I know the answer before before okay. Molina knows the answer. So okay, bismillah. Unfortunately, I didn't write down my answers, but I'm going to be honest in you all. Okay. What's Molina's favorite surah? Okay, so you're going to give the answer first? Or no, no, I have? bismillah. Okay. So there are three, basically. Okay. Is one of them surah Noor? That's Allah, absolutely Allah. correct, mashallah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite surah to teach. Okay. Then it's surah to Taharim. Okay. And surah Waqi'ah. No. And and so let's see the favorite surah to and teach. And I obviously have to add that and all the surahs are beautiful. Oh, subhanallah, of course, of course. Mm. So surah Nur is the favorite surah to teach. I would imagine surah Tahrim because I heard Malna recite that quite regularly. So Malna loves reciting that Correct. surah. Correct. And then um, surah Waqia. Where does that fit in? Or what's the? Uh, honestly, it's coming on from what I used to hear my father and elder brother recite most. Okay. So uh, I, I I would assume that it's not something that I decided to be my favorite. It's just I find myself enjoying okay. reciting it more than any other surah. I know that's a it's a beautiful mm. choice, mashallah. There's mm. some uh, outstanding mm. verses. And of course, there. if one goes through the meaning, one then no. comes to understand that it is something really, really, really special. The mm. the next one is is a bit more specific. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't say favorite. Favorite is like the wrong word to use, but an ayah that really stands out for Manana. Yeah, Rob. <laughs> there are many. Yes. But what comes to mind is, once again, you cannot really single out a single ayah. Absolutely. The one ayah that always that always catches my attention is, Sibagat Allah. Uh, I knew it. You I did? got it right. Subhanallah. <laughs> I got it right. <laughs> I remember that since mm. when Malana came across that verse. I, in... just, I just found Allah's choice, word choice here to be so 
profound. No. Because I don't know if you want to explain to no, me. No, no, by all means. Okay, one... so, so the word sibra means, literally means D-Y-E, die. You know, no. when you dye a garment no. a different color. No, not D-I-E. Not D-I-E. <laughs> <laughs> so then, the, then if you think about it, and what does this the word translate in the verse? It translates as the religion of Allah. Mm. So what's the connection? So if you look at how a garment is dyed, take a white garment, mm. a white piece of cloth, and you want to change its color to blue, so you submerge it into a liquid blue dye, right, right entirely, Leave it there for a few moments and it and it then emerges completely transformed. SubhanAllah. So so what what is the connection? That we should jump into and dive and submerge ourselves into the dye of Islam. SubhanAllah. So that the, the dye of Islam penetrates every cell, every fiber of our body. No. And we come out and everything about us is Islam. Yes, SubhanAllah. Sir. So yes, that's sir. basically that really uh, caught my attention, alhamdulillah. No. I, I was gonna yeah. lean towards um Initially, I was going to lean towards um, Well, like I said, there are many. No. But uh, there is another verse that also I really love. And that is قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَى أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَتُوا مِرُحْمَةِ I'm not lying, mm. but that mm. was also one of the verses. <laughs> <laughs> I feel this is probably one of the most comforting verses in the Quran, <clears throat> subhanAllah. No. You know, so... Uh, and then I heard something on Cape Talk some, some time back. Every, every saint has a past. Yes, and every sinner has a future. Ya Rab. Subhanallah. Ya Rab. So no matter who you are and what you're doing, the doors for Allah's mercy is still there. Open. No. Wide no. open. Mm. Is that Molina's phone? <laughs> Molina's, Molina, now there's a very simple okay. Apple thing Yes, yes, yes. No, no. That switch on the side. There we go. <laughs> You know who taught me that? Uh, who taught me that? Abdurrahman Bayi. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. <laughs> See, you get a shout out so early on in the program, uh, Abdurrahman Bayi. Okay, we, we're not done with a quick draw no. yet. Okay. But um, I, I, I had a feeling that that Sibarat Allah was going to be the ayah. Mm. Um, that was the one that I eventually landed on. Okay, next one, Hadith. Oh. I think you got it already. I think so too. Again, the Prophet always given Jawami al Kalim. This to me summarizes the entire deen. Mm. I once heard a a, a revert. didn't translate it yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> be conscious of Allah, wherever you be, wherever you may find yourself. And follow up a sin. So you, I'm going into the, now the commentary of the hadith. So I, you can just stop me. No, but all means. So it means you should have, the, Allah should be top of mind mm. under all circumstances, all conditions, wherever you are with whoever you are. Mm. But no matter how hard we try, we can, it is very possible to refrain from major sins completely. That is possible. Mm. But to refrain from all minor sins completely, that's impossible. Mm. So you're going to slip here and there. And so for that, there's a remedy as well. And then follow up that slip, that sin, minor sin with a good deed, mm. and it will wipe it out completely. And I find one of the best uh, sin, uh, ways to do that is to give a sadaqah. Mm. Because even there, the Prophet said, 
sadaqa it it extinguishes the anger of Allah subhanahu mm. wa ta'ala so that half of the hadith basically summarizes your relationship with Allah with the creator mm. and the second half then summarizes your create your, your relationship with creation and that there basically is your entire deen if you think about it. Mm. And I, I think I mentioned that uh, I once heard a, a revert, a priest who embraced Islam. Mm. And he basically summarized <coughs> the whole deen to be these two things. He said devotion to Allah and service to humanity. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. When I thought about it, said, Subhanallah. That's right there in the hadith. Mm. Ajib. Mm. Ajib. Now, I... <coughs> I distinctly recall a few occasions when Allah mentioned, you know, that mm. this hadith, uh, it's like a, it's like a, like a saying to live by. You know, mm. you can really base your life on it, and it's so true, Subhanallah. Mm. Okay, so that was the 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 turban the turban categories. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, favorite book I read. Favorite book I read. Huh. Before the healthy days, Allah, not 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 now. <laughs> I was going to say fruit salad or something like that. Before the healthy days, I will have to say a samosa. Okay. Just a normal <laughs> chicken samosa? Chicken, chicken samosa. Has to be chicken. Oh, subhanAllah. Yeah. Okay. Mine is cheese samosa. Just oh, okay. Uh, for difference purposes. Right. Um, okay. Obviously, with a dip. Must, must be, be. Must be. Must be. That's a wajib. Yeah. It's like lazim and malzum. Malina, <laughs> um, then now another way that Malina also always inspired me, even though I didn't necessarily always follow, mm. but it was through trying to stay healthy and fit. Mm. So what's Manana's favorite exercise? Um, favorite exercise has to be push-ups. No. Oh. has to be push-ups. And Manana's particularly good at push-ups, right? Uh, I would like to think so. No. I, I always challenge the, 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 the students, the teenage students especially, right. to a, a, a push-up competition. No. And uh, the only one who really took me on was Ahmed. Oh. Ahmad Solomon's. Oh, he's, he's going to get uh, big with this one. Yeah, and 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 I re I remember clearly we went on a camp uh, at SOS, and I took him on in front of everyone. No. In a press up competition, <laughs> but the mistake I made is I I was doing the counting while doing the press ups. Ah. So not realizing that's taking from my strength. Of course. And he beat me. Ah. And then and Abdul Rahman Bailey's witness to this as well. Right. And then I took him on again in our quarters, in our sleeping quarters, right. or in his sleeping quarters, I think. <coughs> and there I beat him. Okay. And you can call him now. You can you can admit to that. No, he, he told he told me <laughs> <laughs> sure. that's uh, that's mm. a good. But I must say, you know, push-ups is not equally easy for everybody. Mm. Like even when I was at my, I would say at my peak fitness with mm. strength training. I couldn't do more than 30 push-ups mm. in a row. Right. Like I would have to take a break. And yes. then even then after the break, I would only be able to fit in maybe another 10 mm. because I've got a heavy frame. Yes, yes, yes. Like even right now, mm, mm. Uh, I'm not I'm not very fat. Mm. You know, I'm a little bit fat. Okay. I'm not very fat. Yeah. Um, I have um, I have a 80 kilogram frame. Okay, so that's going to be more difficult for you. It's yes. quite yeah. it's quite yes, difficult, yes, yes. but it's a, it's an excellent yeah. So exercise. my advantage is I've got a light frame. So no. that's my advantages. No. Mm. So that's exercise. Mm. Okay, Malina's favorite hobby. I actually don't know this one at all. Okay. My favorite hobby. What would, what would one consider to be a hobby? I like to... Hear the revered stories. Oh, mashallah. That I found to be extremely inspiring. Sure. Now I feel super guilty. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I think Mona's going to say something like, you know, take my family out for dinner oh. or 
play some games with my kids or something. It's <laughs> like next level, subhanallah. <laughs> well, I do those things as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Mm-hmm. By the way, I must I must add, right? Molina is my teacher. But mm. please don't judge Molina based on me. That's going to be a big mistake, right? That's, no, uh, no, subhanallah. no, no, no. Uh, I always say Allah, Allah is in His infinite mercy. He does an excellent job. And of course, He, he does because He's Allah. He does an excellent job in, in covering our faults. Subhanallah. Mm. Allah knows who we are. And in spite of our weak weaknesses and shortcomings, He still decides to use and choose us for His service. Subhanallah. No. Allah Akbar. Um, okay. Um, still lighthearted, mm. holiday destination. I think I know this one too. I don't know if it's changed. Local or abroad? <clears throat> Both. Well, we because we have the family has a <coughs> a little cottage at the place called Didam. Nam. So that would be a place we usually frequent. Mm. Uh, But if I can perhaps say the best holiday I had locally mm-hmm. was my my family, but the Hanif's family, oh, with our two def- Land Rover defenders when we went up the uh, the N2, the mm-hmm. Garden Route, and but the Hanif being being but the Hanif, he just made it a, a an unforgettable experience. Alhamdulillah. I mean, I mean, okay, we're almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, Manana's favorite moment or most memorable moment in class as a student and as a teacher. So that's actually two in one. <coughs> as a student and as a... Subhanallah, you're taking me back years now. I, I'm, 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 I'm just afraid that I'm going to be a bit immodest <laughs> by, by mentioning my favorite moment or favorable moment or unforgettable moment in, in as a student. Mm. So I think I'll have to pass on that one. Okay. Uh, and in class, as as a teacher, as a teacher, I can I can mention maybe one of the funny moments. Bismillah. Okay. So, so we was the class was done. Uh, they were packing away the benches and so forth. Myself, some of the other teachers were sitting at the back. You know, at the back of the majid with all those chairs. Mm. And to my right hand side were some female students still standing and packing up and chatting. And you know the door that is right in front. As you're facing the member, it's on your right hand side. Yes, yes. Like, uh, on your left hand side. Okay, if you're facing. Oh, the you're member, facing the yeah. member. Okay, okay, fine. Yes, I'm with. I'm with. So one some one. of the boys <coughs> were packing away the benches, and right. out and out comes one student. And I can mention his name because I asked him if I can mention his name. Okay. <laughs> Brother Aman. Okay. You know Aman? I don't think so. Okay. And Aman comes out. And as he comes out... Come on, let me just pull the mic a bit closer. Okay. Maybe and as using, Aman, yeah. and I don't know if this this going to be as funny because I need to actually do the action, but I'll try, <laughs> inshallah. So as Aman comes out and we're observing him coming out and he's fixated on this group of girls. <laughs> right? And we shout at him, Aman, lower your gaze. Right. And Aman goes down like this. <laughs> so <laughs> he just lowers himself, but still fixated on the girls. There were many moments that mm. that I recall being in Molina's class mm. that are memorable to me. Molina had many, many students and okay. many years of teaching. Mm. 
But um, I specifically recall the first the first couple of lessons that you had with Manana. Mm. Manana walked into the class with a, with a long army jacket. Right. And um, very similar mm. turban, different face. The face that Manana mm. used to wear had more red in it. Correct. There's correct. more prominence. Yes, yes. And um, Thobe three-quarter. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Manana was wearing hoofs at the time. I don't think so. But the first thought that came into my mind was, this guy looks like Osama bin Laden. <laughs> he looks like the Taliban, like bedobbed. And I just came from a trick mm, at the time. So mm, I was mm. like... Intimidated. I was very fresh. You know, yeah. I was very green. Mm. And um, I was just afraid. Mm. I was like seriously afraid. And then Mullah cracked a joke like within the first couple of minutes of, of class. And then I was right. like, okay, he's human. <laughs> he's he's human. human. <laughs> Subhanallah. Okay, last two. This one is an easy one. I shouldn't even ask this one. Mullah's mm. favorite subject to teach? Well, you're thinking Nahu? Yes. Well, obviously Nahu, but more so Quran. Obviously, obviously. yes, yes, yes. And but bringing out Nahu from, from the Quran. The Quran. Yeah. Okay, okay. Correct, correct, yes. Which is an interesting mm. one, but we'll mm. get to that when, mm. we, when mm. we speak about the... Um, so for, for the listeners who don't know, Nahu is Arabic grammar. Oh yes, mm. that's that's right. <clears throat> Excuse us if we mention uh, terminologies. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I, it's not every day that I do this with my teacher, mm. so um, it's difficult to keep track of what mm. we translated and what we didn't. And then the last one... Is also pretty obvious these days, but drink of choice. Drink of choice now. Now. Well, there's two things. Mm-hmm. Coffee, of course. Mm-hmm. And of course, my favorite smoothie. <laughs> oh, is it? Yes. Which smoothie does Molina prefer? So, basically, it's a breakfast smoothie that I have. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 250 mils of milk, two bananas, a cup of blueberries, Two spoons of almond butter, honey, and some chia seeds. Oh, wow. That sounds... In a blender. It sounds delicious. Very tasty and very healthy, inshallah. Mashallah. I need mm. to try that one. Mm. Mine, just for interest sake, is uh, usually with bananas and dates and peanut butter. Oh, okay. Like the combination of that. But then we have this, mm. um, like a protein powder. Mm. Mm. It's supposed whey, to be like whey, a... Whey powder? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So it kind of acts as a meal mm. replacement and also post-exercise. Correct, drink. correct, yes, correct, yes. So yes. that's a... Uh, but coffee, I mean, ah, no, that's it. has to be. Coffee is obvious. Be. But but uh, there needs to be a, a distinction between instant uh, powder. That's not coffee. That's not coffee. No. Uh, and then, of course... We don't call that coffee. Bean to cup, yes, of course, yeah. <laughs> we call that chikiri. <laughs> <laughs> Subhanallah. Okay, so... <clears throat> The purpose of uh, this discussion is um, Malina has, has had a great influence with the, with the Qadan and Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on my life and so many other students through this institute that we've come to know and love mm. um, in Cape Town, in South Africa and in many other places in the world called, called Darun Naim. Mm. And um, this became a household name, subhanAllah. And we have, in fact, in the past, I recall, we, we mentioned a little bit about, you know, the mm. origin story of Darun Naim. Mm-hmm. But being such an, an influential institution in our community and uh, in many people's lives, I thought, you know, let's go a bit deeper because there's a lot about the story of Darun Naim that could potentially, you know, inspire others to mm. pursue uh, to pursue knowledge of deen, to pursue mm. deen itself. Mm. Um, because it, it wasn't always about the knowledge, it wasn't always about the academics, so to speak. So... We all see the end result. People come and they say, okay, there's Darunaim mm. and they are the students of Darunaim and the teachers and the graduates and so on. 
But let's take the story all the way back because Manana Ali Goda wasn't born with a turban and a fez. Who or what were the influences in Manana's youth mm, mm. That, that kind of somehow had an influence on the decision to study Deen, the decision to, you know, pursue mm. this as a, as a life career? Because mashallah, Manana is quite talented in other things as well, but you made a choice in, in this regard. So mm. give us some insight in, in, in that. Okay, so how far back do you want me to go? Well, it's not that old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously I was a, a normal young boy, teenager, uh, doing the normal teenage things. But I would have to say that there were, obviously my father was a tremendous influence. Uh, you know, we, I grew up just listening to Quran being recited in the mm. home. In fact, whenever my father came home, you would hear him walking up the, the, the walkway to the door and you would hear him reciting Subhanallah. Mm. You wake up in the morning and you hear him reciting. So definitely that. And and sometimes I would go with him uh, when I was uh, on a Friday was a holiday and I would go with him for Jumu'ah. Mm. And uh, he would where, where his, was that? Uh, that would be in, he would go to St. Athens Road. Okay. He was Imam St. Athens Road at that time. And I was in, in I think, high school at mm. the time, uh, or early years of high school. And uh, I would ask him, uh, Daddy, do you understand what you're reciting? And I would be absolutely fascinated I was I was very intrigued by the Arabic language, right, and and fascinated that my father was understanding what he was reciting. Ah, was ajib. Uh, so definitely, uh, without realizing even, you know, whatever importance your parents attach to a to, you grow up also attaching the same importance to it. Mm. Um, for for the most mm, for the most mm, part, mm. it's like the general rule. The general rule, yeah. Uh, so. So obviously the love for, for Quran and for the Arabic language was instilled without me even knowing it, mm. you know, uh, from a young age already, even though we, there were many other distractions, you know, in your, in your, your years, your teenage years and so forth. Um, and then of course my, my eldest brother, Adnan, who passed away, may Allah grant him Allah. for those, and my father, inshallah, may Allah mm. show his mercy upon them. So he basically, from a young age, I think he was 21 when he started going into Jama'ah. Okay. Uh, right. And uh, and he was a, he was a, a a very eloquent speaker. He could he could articulate very well. So he would obviously come home from Jamaat and he would speak to my elder sisters, give, give give them dawah. Uh. And I would be at maybe about 10, 11 years old, and I would be listening. Mm. Uh, and whatever he was saying just made so much sense to me. He spoke about akhirah and about death and so forth. And uh, and all along in those years, those formative years from the age of 10 into my teenage years, I knew where I needed to be mm. as an adult, mm. uh, even though I was far from it mm. as a teenager. But at the back of my mind, I always understood because of those, the influence of my father and the talks of my brother. Ajay. Uh, so I would say those were the two main influences. SubhanAllah. Okay, not, not forgetting, of course, my mother always mm. reminding us my mother was the one who always reminded us, make salah, make salah. And mm, so, mm. yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't like a given, you know, like, um, I mean, I thought, I used to think like this and others mm. as well, that if uh, the father's a sheikh, then naturally the children are just going to become ulama or shuyukh. It wasn't just like a given. No, there was a saying. I don't know if that saying still stands these days, but the, the sheikh sakanas is his totes tokenas. you ever hear the saying? I did, I did. I probably said it also <laughs> once upon a time. <laughs> And, and I suppose because 
the the ulama are so busy uh, with uh, community matters that they actually have little time for their own children mm. you know uh, and so the children are left to their own devices and mm. and they get uh, into mischief mm. it's sad actually mm. yeah uh, but that is a reality that mm. that one can relate to because even with myself i have to make a special effort you know to incorporate mm. the family they don't yeah. just naturally fall into your no, schedule no, no, and your no, classes no, and your no, talks no, and no. so on I mean, I, my, alhamdulillah, my father, he, he, I, I mean, I, I, can, I spoke about my father. We had an interview on, on Boys of the Cape, I think before he passed away. Mm. And I mean, many things I recalled what the good father he was. Mm. But he never really had time to come to a soccer match, for example. I mean, I played soccer a, a, as a teenager and I loved the, playing soccer. Mm. And he was also a good soccer player. Mm. But he never had the time to actually come and watch me, which was something I really wanted. Right. You understand? But I understand because he was so busy. No, no. And maybe if he supported Mullah in that regard, maybe Mullah would have been a soccer player. Subhanallah. Okay, so the other question that I had was, so there was, was there ever a point in Mullah's youth when Mullah felt like, okay, I actually want to study deen like my father and, and pursue uh, a career in this regard? Not not while I was uh, growing up and as a teenager, no. Mm. No. Okay. So when did that knowledge journey begin? Like what what pulled the trigger that made, made Malna decide, okay, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to be deep. honest here, obviously. <laughs> so obviously, uh, after matric, I uh, enrolled at university, UWC. I did, was busy doing BCom. And uh, me and my, my friends, uh, we had it all planned out. It was going to be BCom and then honors and chartered accountancy. We were going to start our own firm and, and make the bucks. Mm. <laughs> right? Uh, I think about in my final year, or the year before that, Malan um, Ma'ad mentioned this in in the in the khutbah. You know, sometimes Allah just gives you a smack; it calls it the God smack, <laughs> <laughs> where where you just maybe you're going on a on a on a on a particular in a particular direction, mm. and it's not the right direction, mm. and Allah just puts upon you something that changes the direction. Mm. So what happened to me is I fell ill whilst in my second second last year of university. And that made me think. That made me think about life, about where's all this going. Right. You know? Uh, and immediately I made the decision. Remember I told you in my youth, I always knew where I needed to be as an adult? Yes. So that particular illness uh, said that now's the time. Ajim. Now's the time to make the change. So imagine going from wearing Levi jeans, Reebok tackies, uh, whatever designer brand name t-shirts they were those years to coming to campus with a turban and a, and a kurta <laughs> imagine that <laughs> Ajeev Ajeev uh, Le- the Levi yeah. jeans at that time it was uh, Levi 501 if I remember 501 correctly. that's correct it was like the only one that you could wear otherwise uh, uh, doesn't count um, subhanallah okay so then Malala decided but then but then the the there was no decision to to study dean really. Okay, it was just basically a life. decision to obviously change change my way of life. Right. You know, be punctual with salah, try to uh, imbibe as many sunnas as you can mm. externally and internally and so forth. Okay, so then when I finished the the degree as well. So 
okay, yes, I uh, I did finish the degree. In fact, then I got married. Right. Because I th- uh, obviously it was part of the yeah. decision. When you when you when you come right, and then yes, you need to, <laughs> <laughs> you get married. You need to you need to, so I got married while I was studying. Again, my father, Subhanallah, Allah grant you for those years. He facilitated this for me, Subhanallah. Mm. I mean, I was studying. Usually, you 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 know, parents basically they don't. Really, they're not in favor of you getting married while you're studying and not earning. Mm. My father was, alhamdulillah, the moment I expressed my desire, there was no no problem, Mashallah. alhamdulillah. That's amazing. So I got married while I was studying. And then, uh, but then you, you quickly realize that you need to earn money. Mm. So then my last year of studies, I did part-time and I applied for a post at Al-Baraka Bank. Okay. So Al-Baraka Bank, they were opening their first branch in Cape Town. I went This one in Athlone? Well, that time it was in Cape Town. The first one okay, was actually okay. in Cape Town. I applied for the post. Alhamdulillah, accept, I was accepted. I went for training in, in Durban. Okay. And then I came back and we I was basically a part of the first crew that opened this bank in, right. in, in Baralka Bank in in, uh, in Cape Town. Alhamdulillah. So, so that's actually where the whole study thing came about. Okay. So I was... Uh, at Al-Baraka Bank. I was at Al-Baraka Bank. <laughs> I was uh, basically, for lack of a better term, a financial consultant. Okay. Uh, Whoever wanted to know about the various products of the bank, I would explain it to them and so forth and so on. So in comes a, a brother by the name of Faiz Harun. Okay. Today, Molana Faiz Harun. Okay, mashallah. And he inquires about the bank and about the various products, investment products and the, the financing uh, facilities. I explained to him and then we got to talking and he tells me that... Uh, that he's a student at Darul Ulum Newcastle. Mm. But he's also married and he also has three children, I think at the time it was. And I was taken aback. You have a wife and kids and you're studying Dean full-time how? Mm. So he says, well, obviously you have to have a good sponsor. Mm. And that entire day after that, my mind started working and working Ajay. and working. Said, I want this. Subhanallah, and I went home, and again, I expressed this to my father, without flinching, my father says, Khalas, Subhanallah, I'll support you. Ajib. The problem was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> she had never left, I think, she had never gone further than Didam. Oh, my So word. it was the first time, and she was very, obviously, nervous and apprehensive. But the next morning, Alhamdulillah, Everything was fine. She said, Alhamdulillah, I'm ready to go. Wow. Subhanallah. So just needed a night to sleep over it. Ajib, ajib. What was the name of, of the of the Molina who, who came into the bank? Who Mol- was studying Molina at the bank? Faiz Harun. Faiz Harun. I'm just thinking, Subhanallah, imagine all the reward that 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 mm. Molina Faiz Harun gets a share in because Molina's decision to yes. study was basically pinned on, on his mm. information. But I also have to mention in all fairness, that what also planted the seed of of Darul Ulum Newcastle and having a desire but not really thinking I would ever be able to go was when 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 Molana Dawood Samson returned from his one year after studies. Oh wow. So he went for one year in Jamaat after studies. He returned and then he gave a talk at the Muir Street Masjid, as was the the tradition mm. in, uh, when Muslim Masjid was still a markaz for, for right. the Jamaat. And he gave such an inspiring talk that I said, if ever I study, I would like to go where he went. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Mm. So Malina was quite active by the sound of it in Jamaat at that time. Yeah, because of my elder brother, of course. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay, khair, mashallah. 
عجيب من داود سامسون سبحان الله حفظه الله اوكي سو هاو ديد ذا ذا ديسيجن لوك مال الناس فاذر ستاديد ان مكه ازنت سو سو واز ذا ايفر لايك ان انكلينج ميبي اي شود جو تو مكه از ويل look there's always a desire but because of the of the red tape involved in having mm. to apply and then being accepted the, the 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 quickest place to actually be accepted and you know without any uh red tape and applying and having to wait for an answer would would be uh mm. down newcastle mm. and also because uh, i had some idea of the institution and graduates of the institution you mm. know it, it was uh, basically as we mm. say no brainer Subhanallah. Mm. And look, correct me if I'm wrong. There were actually no other options in South Africa where they taught in the English medium at the time. Not that I'm aware of. No. What year was this? This was in the year 1992, I think. Yes, 1992. Okay, Subhanallah. Mm. I'm just that. That's not that long ago. No. If no. you really think about mm. it, that's like mm. the other day. And uh, look how much has happened since then, as far as options are concerned. Yes, absolutely. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. I mean, when I when I was sitting in um, first year, then it was mm. like, okay, I can either go here, or I can go there, or I can. Mm. It was like mm. you know. Mm. And now even more, the, the options are even more. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah. And um, so, tell us a bit, just like an overview of Molina's knowledge journey there, like because look, it's it's a very unique. Um, Molina's married and Molina had a child already? Yes, four months old, baby Zahra. Subhanallah. So then Molina's starting Molina's studies. I mean, I came out of matric <laughs> and I, I walked yes, into yes. uh, Darul Naim. Mm. Uh, what was that like? It must have been, a, I mean, I imagine it was a struggle, especially in those years. Struggling in which sense, would you say? Um, I would imagine there's some financial struggle. Even if you do have a sponsorship, it's not like they're going to pay for. Yeah. Well, obviously, yes. So, so Alhamdulillah, um, we worked out what the monthly uh, expenses would be mm. for for students studying in Newcastle. So, my father, but Alhamdulillah, he basically uh, uh, saw to that that okay. I would that I would have a Mashallah. solid sponsor for this. But it was obviously um, hand to mouth hand to mouth mm. sort of situation mm. where there wasn't there wasn't any anything extra. Right. You understand? You after paying the rent. Uh, and buying the groceries for the month and petrol for the car, mm. you wouldn't really have much left. Right. So if there was, if there was an extra expense for the month, then it would sometimes be a problem. Mm. And it wouldn't have been a problem for me to have phoned home and asked. But, mm. but you know what? I, I this advice I give to to newlyweds, it's actually such a beneficial thing to struggle you and your spouse to undergo a bit of difficulty in your formative years. Mm. And go through it together. It builds you, Subhanallah. So I remember there were times, there were times when perhaps there was an extra expense during the course of the month, and then the last week of the month we would scratch in the drawers mm. to find to put together a few cents to buy bread. Yes, Alam. But if I look back at it, I don't look back at it uh, as as a as a as a bad experience or traumatic experience, but rather. I release those moments because it builds you alhamdulillah really and it strengthens the bond between husband and wife also absolutely subhanallah i can i can so relate to that mm-hmm. um uh, as mulana knows i got married mm-hmm. while while being a student as well mm-hmm. uh, and also i after consulting with with mulana and others mm-hmm. uh, i i came to find out that okay it's it's possible mm-hmm. right but uh, It comes with sacrifice. So my mm. wife and I moved into my bedroom, which mm. is adjacent to my parents' room. Mm-hmm. Like we shared a bathroom. Um, 
I wasn't I wasn't really working. I started working immediately. Mm. Um but uh, I mean it, it requires sacrifice from from mm. both parties mm. and and it requires a partner that that understands and is willing to make that sacrifice. And I just have to say with regards to your partner having to sacrifice. So so this uh, my wife only told me afterwards. When we arrived in your castle uh and we had already arranged for accommodation prior mm. to leaving. The accommodation was uh was below standard basically mm. right uh it required a bit of work and you you come there you don't have the necessary means mm. uh and so my wife when i leave for school she said she would cry every day yes i know she would this remember she's what 20 21 22 years old sure. with a four month old baby in a a dingy apartment or dingy house uh away from her family can you imagine and she, and she cries until i come back and then she wipes her tears and she puts up a happy face subhanallah wow so i i believe it's a sacrifice of uh, these type of sacrifices that alhamdulillah that, that has brought us to where we are alhamdulillah yes and we were mentioning it the other day i can't mm. remember what the context was but also that uh, you know people often see the ulama or the students mm. and they like in the spotlight or they're mm. leading the communities mm. but the people who really make all of that possible are often the the wives at home Absolutely. you know because they're mm. taking responsibility for the home and the family and the children yeah. and sure it's, alhamdulillah uh, alhamdulillah <coughs> and it just so happens that we share in the names of our spouses <laughs> <laughs> alhamdulillah it's <laughs> coincidence mm. allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a'lam wallah what was it like being a student at that age because i started again after matric which is you know relatively speaking it's it's fairly Uh, it's fairly an early time, mm. or maybe a standard. I don't know, but Molina um, started with a family being mm. married, and and at the age of about twenty-two, I think that was first yes, year. First year, yes. How was that? Um, in fact, before I got married, I was extremely playful and irresponsible. You know what got me through my university years were my friends. Mm. They were very diligent. They knew when the classes were and what the the homework was and the assignments was and when we were writing. I I just depended entirely on them. <laughs> so the moment I got married, it was like a light switch it just flipped the switch completely and I became so studious. I surprised myself. Wow. And even more so when I went to 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 Darul Newcastle. It was like I was in a zone. Oh wow. You know, my wife would say that uh in the morning I leave and I come back home and I sit with my books till 11 o'clock and they fall asleep so they never see me. Subhanallah. So I I think for especially my first year was I, like was I was so infatuated with the, like I told you with the Arabic language that I gave it I hope I'm not sounding immodest. I gave it a thousand percent. Mashallah. You know, so it was extremely enjoyable for me, alhamdulillah. No. I recall, I recall sitting in Malna's class um, in in first year mm. and I started out as a very um, complacent student. Mm. I wasn't I wasn't really putting much effort into the work first mm. couple of months. But Molina's passion mm. in teaching, mm. that mm. was the thing that, that, that set me off. And then I remember, I remember specifically one day Molina said, um, You know the Quran is such that if you give it all of yourself, mm. it will give you some of it. Mm. And I just, I don't know, something clicked in me, and mm. I just thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this. Like, I'm gonna see what it's like mm. that all this bias people are talking about, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I divorced my friends, mm. so to speak, and I gave up my social mm. life. 
and I, I did I, I did exactly that. Um, I wasn't married though my first and second mm, year. In mm. fact, my third year as well. So it was somewhat easier. Mm. I could come home, go into my room, study. Mm, alhamdulillah. And, and that was that. Um, but subhanAllah, I, I, that passion really did come through in, in Mullah's teaching as well. Um, the the knowledge journey uh, took Mullah across six years of Darul and then Mullah graduated. What was the vision then? Was there like a, a plan? I'm going to come back, be an imam. I'm going to come back, open a school. What was the, the vision? Subhanallah, there were, honestly, there was no vision, to be honest with you. In fact, even coming to study, uh, little did I know that it would culminate into having to serve right. in this capacity. All I wanted was to understand my deen better, to, to be able to speak and understand Arabic, understand the Quran. So... I have to be honest, there wasn't a vision. But obviously, as you study and you learn, uh, you realize that this comes with a responsibility, obviously. But uh, you were sort of a little bit in the dark and confused as to just how mm. you are going to uh, serve. Right. Would, is it going to be as an imam? Would you teach? Where would you teach? And so forth. So a little bit of uncertainty in terms of where we're going to find ourselves when we graduate. Right. Mm. And it's not also very obvious. Mm. Like uh, as as when I when I taught at the Darul in in Strand, mm. I often asked the students mm. because I understood how big a struggle it was. Mm. You know, in in the world that we are in mm. uh, these days, um, there are so many qualified mm. ulama. Mm. This there isn't a masjid for everyone, so it's not Correct. just a given. Like you're going to graduate and be an imam of yes. a masjid. Yes, and uh, I've I've seen you know even the requirements that the committees are putting out. It's like. They're looking for, uh, you know, um, uh, professors in, in deans, so to speak. So it's, it, I think it's important, especially now, um, that the market is flooded, so to speak. I don't want to call it a market, mm. but it's not a given that you're going to end up teaching at mm. a madrasa or mm. being an imam of a masjid. Yes. You have to somehow think outside of the box. Mm. Mm. And um, it, it's, you know, subhanAllah, Allah steers you in directions that you mm. that you, you don't even expect it. So Mullah then came back having graduated and there was still no like set plan. No, no. You, like like you said, you don't walk into a post. Mm. So when I came back, I immediately find myself, you, you know, you, you're married, you have a child. So mm. obviously you have to uh, earn some money right. to, to take care of your family. And Allah is the Razik, Alhamdulillah. So I find myself just joining the family business. So my father had started a, a, shoe, a chain shoe, shoe store many years ago with the assistance of my mother. And, uh, and so I just find myself falling into that, into that business and having a bit of accounting background. What was the name of that business? Mula? It was Zenobia. Zenobia. I'm asking because I recall, yeah. uh, mm. you know, when I was studying, people used to ask me, where and who and so on. Right. And then when I mentioned Mal Ali Goda, often they would they would refer back yes, to the yes. name of the, of the So of the, the, the name Zenobi was synonymous with my father's right. yeah, so everyone knew that. So uh so basically I just fell into that into line with, with that business and, and having an accounting background I would then fall into into doing the, the accounting and the books of the of the of the business. Mm. Right. So uh and uh and giving, you know, my father, having been imam at, at Athens' Masjid, my brother was the founder and the imam of the Garlandale Masjid. I don't know if you know that. Oh, okay. Yes, so uh, so they would obviously call me to do khutbahs occasionally. Right. Yeah. Okay, so then 
Olin is now working, but being a part-time Olin is this week. Correct. When when did when did this take its next step? Okay. And how? Yeah. So one day at work, one of the workers asked me, which they knew I studied Arabic and so forth. So they asked me, "What is this in Arabic?" And guess what? I couldn't get to the word. Oh, wow. And it was a simple word. Uh, and I realized, and maybe that's the, the you know, Allah's again, it's just waking me up to, uh, to where I am and what I'm supposed to be doing. And that worried me so much that I'm going to be losing everything, so, you know. Uh, and that very day, I was bold. And I say this, and I said this when Mulata passed away, and I mentioned this to some people that, It was good for me that I didn't really know the extent of Mulatar's knowledge at that time. Mm. Otherwise, I would never have done this. <laughs> <laughs> But I knew about him and I met him and I spoke to him very briefly. So we were acquaintances. But the real extent of who he was, you know, I didn't really know at that time. And I picked up the phone, got, uh, I had his number, and I asked him, you don't, don't you have a post for me? <laughs> a teaching post. Oh wow! Like I said, had I known... Really, the extent of his knowledge, I would never have done that. I do. But I think Allah facilitated that for me, alhamdulillah. But guess what? He said, oh, he'll, 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 he'll get back to me. And six months went by and he, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> But then I get a call six months later from Mulal Taha. And he asks if he can come and see me. Allahu Akbar. And that was the turning point in my life. Yes, I know. Alhamdulillah. That time the, the madrasa was still in 40. Oh, okay. Yes. And hardcore. Then, hardcore, alhamdulillah. Very humble abode, but alhamdulillah. Lots of barakah there. Yeah, I heard stories about that mm. place. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah, Rob. So, <clears throat> okay, Malina is now teaching with Malata. So, mm. I, I would imagine that this this manhaj that is, uh, you mm. know, sort of renowned to be Malata's manhaj was now mm. within Malina's reach. Yes. Malina could... identify yes. with um, it and learn it and mm. see it and expand and so on. Mm. Um, what type of, of impact did that really have? Um, excuse me, going down the line, like, what type of change did that bring about? Okay, so, <coughs> so I always knew that I would love to teach mm. uh, and especially uh, Arabic grammar, Nahu, mm. because I, I really took a liking to it. We actually forgot to go back to, to Egypt. Yeah, we missed that part. We missed that part entirely. That <laughs> well, was after Newcastle. That was, that was in, after I was eight months into my first year. Okay. And then the opportunity arose and I went to Egypt for about approximately two years. Okay. And, and I came back, yeah. For some reason or the other, I was under the impression it was afterwards. No, no, no. I came back and I just joined you... uh, with my, my classmates that I were with in first year. I just joined them. At, they went their third year. Ah, then. I see. Mm. So I was basically just put over based on the fact that... That's correct. Yes. Okay. I, I was tested, of course. So Okay. Mm. Okay. Um, where was I? Okay, so Malna's teaching okay. at, at Malna's Madrasa. So, so, like I said, I always knew that I wanted to teach Arabic grammar. Mm. But there's so much grammar, you know, and where do you start? Now, obviously, we I, I learned via syllabus and, and there are many books and so mm. forth. Uh, but then, coming to, to Malna's Madrasa and just seeing... how he had extracted the core of grammar. Once again, just the testimony of his brilliance, subhanAllah. Uh, and immediately I, I could see that this was it. 
where he had just taken out the essence of grammar and simplified it, giving you enough grammar in a short space of time to be able to start negotiating Arabic text. Mm. Subhanallah. And it, it blew me away. And I, and I realized this is And, and yet it's so um, simple. It's, it's absolutely simple, but it's, it's so profound in its simplicity. Subhanallah. You know, as a, as a testament to, uh, mm. to this, mm. and this is a bit of an embarrassing thing mm. that I'm going to say now, but to date, <clears throat> excuse me, to date, Malina, I haven't read a single grammar book in my life. Is it? From cover to cover. <laughs> Ever. Subhanallah. <laughs> and it's strange because mm. um, some of the, the courses that I oversee, when I say oversee, I mean, <clears throat> so on Seeker's Guidance, mm, mm. They, have, they have courses that are pre-recorded. Yeah. And then, you know, students can subscribe at any time mm. and they are taken through the course, but it's all online. Mm. So they, they, they write tests, they ask questions, etc. Mm, mm. But the original lecturer of that course isn't necessarily the person who is going to be answering the questions. Right. So sometimes they, that lecturer maybe even left, mm. but then they have others who are responsible for those courses. Mm. For some reason or the other, they made me responsible for all the grammar courses. <laughs> now, it was very strange because at the beginning, I, I didn't want to tell them. <laughs> They're going to hear this. I hope they don't watch. I didn't want to tell them. You know, I actually read none of these books, like the Ajurumiya. And uh, right, right. I'm thinking, how am I going to handle this? <clears throat> so most of the time, the questions are pretty straightforward mm. and, and I can answer it, mm. even if I just have to look up the right. specific rule in mm. question. But sometimes then they ask a very intricate text-based question. Right, right. Then I meet for the six. I ask other students <laughs> <laughs> because I just I actually never ever mm. uh, learned Arabic grammar, and I never thought of it as I never learned Arabic grammar mm. because I didn't know. Mm. For me, it was the only purpose behind grammar was to be to able read, to, yeah. to read. So, so there are two sides to, <clears throat> to to grammar. How much do you need really to negotiate Arabic text? Mm. And then, if you really want to uh, analyze the grammar by using the, the terminology that are used by grammarians, then of course you have to go a bit deeper. You understand? No. So, uh, so for example, you know, if you ask, uh, ya, ya Adamu. Mm. So what is Adam? What hal is it? Halatun nas? Why? Uh, it is uh, ismu munada. Mm. But then if you want to go a bit further, then you must say it is maf'ul uh, fi'lin mahdhuf taqdiruhu ad'u. I was going to say, why? Why? Ya salam. No, I, I've... Um, and and I mean I loved that mm. application of grammar mm. throughout first year. It was like very Mullah made it very exciting. Right, right. I must say, Mullah um, has a, a God-given talent for making it exciting. I but beyond that, uh, it just never really interested me mm. to go into the rules and mm. the, the deeper mm. analyses but and so on. Strangely <laughs> enough, that was exactly Mullah Taha's uh, philosophy. Mm. You know, uh, from what I understood from him, he he wanted you to know enough grammar to read, mm. because the reading was and understanding what you're reading was mm. the important thing. Subhanallah. You know, and it, it, Subhanallah, it, it's so true. Once you get to that point, and I'm only saying this because of uh, you know the, the potential students who, mm. who may be watching, but once you get to that point of being able to independently negotiate a text, mm. and when I say independently, I don't mean you don't have teachers you mm. don't refer. No, that's in its place, but. You don't need the teacher to be able to read the text. You may make mistakes here and there. You mm. may need guidance, but you can uh, negotiate the text even with the help of a dictionary mm. these days. Mm, mm, Google mm, mm, Translate. Mm. People yeah. don't use dictionaries yeah. anymore. 
Um, but just 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 as 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 a writer to that, mm-hmm. uh, we shouldn't misunderstand the fact that knowing a bit of grammar and even a bit of balaga, mm. especially with Quran, mm. obviously is needed. Yes, you understand yes. to to go a bit deeper and maybe see how how uh, fuqaha have, ex- have used oh, grammar to extract law, laws and so forth. Um, no, that is quite fascinating, mm. you know, and mm. to get into the, like the linguistic analyses yes, yes. and mm. so on. Um, the balagha, mm. as Malina says, it's beautiful. Mm. Um, but the point that, that that I was getting to is that once you get to that point as a student, mm. um, that's really, you know, when mm. you when you start your journey. Yeah, because yeah. before that, you're basically only trying to learn to read. Mm. And right. then once you get there, it's like, now you can read. Mm. Now you actually have to read. Right, right, right. <laughs> so that was... Um, but yeah, so I've never I've never sat with with a grammar mm. book and studied it mm. or read through it and so on, um, and and I'm saying this um, as a testament to the the genius of the syllabus, mm. you know, of of that syllabus. It it's so basic. Molina generally gets through it in a couple of months, isn't it? So yeah, about two and a half to three months, and it's been working for us. Alhamdulillah, mm. you know, it's really been working for us. Where after the completion of that book. Uh, we are able to then start Quran, mm. and and then to that we can add meat to the bones. Mm. You know, whatever other rules come along, as we're doing the verses, we just deal with it there. Yeah, Malina is bringing back so many memories. Mm. I'm I'm thinking back to my own <laughs> journey in class. It, it was Subhanallah. Mm. I, I say this not because Malina is sitting here, mm. but honestly, um, my first year was the most memorable and impactful year of studies of my life. But I have to say that I cannot take credit for that. The credit goes entirely to what? To Allah. To the Quran. To Allah and to the Quran. No. People ask, uh, you know, what's the secret behind Darun Naim's success? May Allah make it so that it is successful, inshallah. Then I have to say it is the Quran. Mm. Absolutely. The Quran comes with a, with a, with a nur that cannot be explained, no. but it must be experienced. Absolutely. You know, you cannot go wrong if you, if you, if you, if you diving to the Quran in this way. No. Even if you don't want to, and mm. this is this is the the thing. Like, um, Molina knows this, and I've said this a few times before. But when I started studying, my knee was mm. heavy off. Mm. I wanted I was gonna go on Hajj right. with my parents, which I also didn't really want to do anymore because mm. that decision I made when I was early high school. Right. When I got to stand at eight, things changed drastically. Right. Um, but nonetheless, mm. so they saved up, and it was going to be the year after matric, mm-hmm. and I was supposed to go on Hajj. Right. The year. 2006 mm. 2006 but then all of a sudden they brought out the quota system and you needed to be at least 18 years of age okay. and I wasn't 18 okay and then I decided okay what what am I gonna do mm. so okay I actually skipped a step when they said okay you're gonna go on Hajj with us mm. I said okay خلاص, I'm gonna go on Hajj mm. and then I was gonna take a gap year right and um then I I recalled you know what if if I'm going to take this gap year, I might as well go sit there in that class in Weinberg. I hear they teach you how to understand the Quran. So surely if you can mm. understand the Quran, you must be able to speak right, Arabic. Right. And then I'll be able to negotiate with the Arabs when I go shopping while, when I'm on Hajj. <laughs> Wallahi, I, I, mm. that, was, that was my, it sounds silly, mm. but that was my intention at right, the time. Right. But then, uh, and the lifestyle was, 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 um, was there <laughs> full on? I was I was a singer. I, that was my <clears throat> my job basically. Mm. Um, I I would go <laughs> at variety shows and so on and uh. so forth, and everything that goes along with it. Right. Um, so I came to Darunaim with that mm. framework, and I didn't intend to stop singing. 
Mm. I didn't intend to stop listening to music. Mm. I didn't intend to throw away my CDs, my backpacks. Mm. We had CDs back then. Mm. I didn't intend to um, change the way I dress mm. or drop my friends. Mm. I didn't go in with any of those mm. intentions. Uh, and that's the strange part about it. Mm. Uh, the transformation, uh, and I pray that Allah makes me a good person, Amen. but I certainly from that point became a better person to who I was previously with no intention. Mm. That's so Ajib. Mm. Mm. It's like the Quran drew you, draws you in mm. and it drew me in mm. Mm. verse by verse, line by line. Mm. It speaks to you. And you were 17 year old Laitiki sitting there mm. listening to these Malanas talk and you're thinking like, how, how is this possible? Is it just, uh, is it just, you know, because of the messages mm. in the class, you know, mm. the nasiha, mm. it's the Quran, like it, it mm. really speaks to a, to a place deep inside of mm. you and you, it makes you want to be a better person. Mm. That's true. It makes you want to be a better yeah. person. That's one of the joys of, of teaching Quran. Like you said, you were 17 years old in the transformation. We get to see this year in and year mm. out. Subhanallah. Students come in the beginning of the year and they come with a different type of mindset and attitude and so forth. And you just see the transformations happening through the year. Subhanallah. Mm. Really. And it's, it's, it's a strange phenomenon because that type of change mm. doesn't take place in a year. Mm. Like a complete life mm. change mm. usually takes people far longer, mm. you know, and Allah knows mm. best. So I, I don't want to skip any of the juicy yes, bits, yes. Mullah. Mm. Mullah started teaching at, um, at Manal Taz Madrasa. Correct, correct. And then how from there to Daru Naim? So, so I was teaching, Malta gave me Nahu and Arida to teach in first year. He gave me uh, some second year subjects. Mustala'ul Hadith, he gave me Fiqh. Uh, hadith, so mostly second year uh, subjects. But even in the second year, when I looked at the, the structure of the second year, it was so comprehensive. They did introduction to Mustalah al-Hadith, science of Hadith. They did introduction to Usul al-Fiqh. They did a certain amount of a Hadith. Mulatha wanted us to do a full coverage of the Fiqh syllabus, mm. right? Uh, what else? Ulum uh, al-Quran, they did. And I said, but this, these are all the subjects basically. You know, and it's uh, at the introductory level, but it basically is doable with in the second year. Uh, so that just was milling in, in my mind how, how amazing this is that at the second year level, you're already being exposed <coughs> to these subjects. And then also doing a full coverage of, of fiqh from, from, from Kitab al-Tahara right down to Kitab al-Jihad. And they were doing Umdatu Salik at the time. Umdatu Salik. Okay. Anyway, then came Ramadan. <laughs> Came Ramadan and Mulan Al-Taha's obviously mind was working over time as to how we can enhance things and, 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 and introduce good, better things. So he had taken the decision that that Ramadan, every first year teacher, I think we were four. Uh, myself, Mulan Mu'ad, Mulan Suleiman, Abels. Uh, I can't remember the fourth teacher, subhanAllah. But in, nevertheless. Oh, I know. You know uh, Sheikh Dawood. Was he the, one of the first year teachers? Could have been. Could have been. I'm not sure whether he was in the first year. But I know there were four okay. of us, nevertheless. So he said, okay, Ramadan, stop everything. Just do tarjum to Quran. I want you to finish the tarjum of Quran during the month of Ramadan. Sure. Subhanallah. And this is in the first year? This is in the first year. My first year teaching as well, in the first oh, year. Oh, wow. And within the first year, yes. So we st I start tarjuma, and I could not help because I'm the Nahu teacher. I could not help saying, you see, here it is. Uh. Whatever Nahu rule is coming out and we are taught it. 
And I started pointing out and extracting and asking questions. And that's when the the sort of the, the method started uh, uh, germinating, mm. for lack of a better word. So, uh, but still the idea wasn't there yet. I just started teaching like that, right? Teaching the Quran like that, not just Tarjuma, but also drawing from the, from the grammar. Uh, then, Hafid Muhammad Adams at that time was the coordinator JEQ. And he was insisting that I start, that I join them at JEQ and introduce a course over there. Mm. And so that, together with, with, his, uh, with his persistence and seeing what I'm seeing over here, I started, started formulating Sorry, the idea was, was, in my mind. Was Mala driving to Strand yes, every day? not to Strand. To 40. Oh, to 40. So yeah. was living in, in Cape Town. Yeah. And driving through every day. That's correct. Okay, I can understand why Malala was looking for other options. So, so it wasn't really looking for <laughs> another option. I mean, I, I was happy to yeah, stay. I'm joking, because, but it's, it's, it's also, it's quite a... Because I must tell sure. you, that year with Malala also was was very beneficial for me. Yes, Just being in his company and from time to time, when he sat with us as teachers, you know, uh, sometimes you just need... Uh, one session with someone and it can change your direction in life. And I, I believe this was the case with myself and Mawlana Taha, subhanAllah. So, uh, but then on the sideline, so so then I spoke to Mawlana Taha, I told him about this and JEQ being, my father being directly involved there, Mawlana Taha understood. So he gave me his blessing. But then on the sideline, there was Sheikh Ihsan Abrams. Okay. He said to me, no. Don't go to JEQ, start your own institution. By the way, by at that time, I was also the assistant imam at Yusufia Masjid. Okay, I see. So he said, and he was relentless, start your own institution at Yusufia, I'm your first student. <laughs> and he didn't give up. And I made istikhara, and lo and behold, the positivity was towards starting at, uh, at Yusufia, my institution, alhamdulillah. Ajeev, Ajeev. I told Malala my, my great great uncle was mm. also an imam there. At Yusufia? Uh, okay. Yeah, imam Muawiyah Siddiq. Ah, uh, yes. He was the, the teacher of Sheikh Salih mm. Abadi in, um, in, in Hifth. Subhanallah. Um, I actually recently, this is completely off the, I do this sometimes, please forgive mm. me. <laughs> but I recently looked into the history of, of my own family. Mm. One of the uh, relatives um, was doing some history and all that I wanted to really mention was that I was so enamored and and taken aback mm. by the fact that there were ulama in my in my subhanallah you know in my I never knew like why would I think that like uh. what would give me reason <laughs> to think that neither my father nor my grandfather none of my uncles right, right, right. I mean they were good people mm. and and one uncle was very studious he you know was a, a lifelong student of Deen so mm. to speak mm. but yeah I come to find out that teacher of Sheikh Saleh Abadi. You know what that did was just like inspired me to, mm. because I thought maybe one of my relatives made dua, mm. you know, that, that was perhaps accepted like with Nabi Ibrahim and Nabi Muhammad And then... And lo and behold, yeah, you are. <laughs> and I got it for the six also, because I also discovered that one of my first relatives, one mm. of my first ancestors here in the Cape, mm. Like the earliest is his father that mm. we have records of. Mm -hmm. This is in 1800s, right. early 1800s. Um, it was Imam Ahmad Siddiq. Oh. The first Imam of, wait for it, the Hanafi Mosque 
in Buka. Mashallah. <laughs> he was a Hanafi. Mashallah. He was a direct student of Sheikh Abu Bakr Fendi. Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. I had the shock of my life. <laughs> 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 Apparently, Imam Muawiyah uh, mm. went back to being a Shafi'i because of the because of the you know that was where yeah, the, the yeah. community was going correct that was interesting so so similarly my father also originally hanafi okay uh but he Had obviously no because of the congregation he changed my eldest brother remained the hanafi oh, wow. and because my eldest brother was influential i was a hanafi as well Ajeeb. until i returned from newcastle and then becoming an imam you quickly realize that it's obviously uh makes more sense to 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 become to wow, to follow the shafi madhab yeah no, it, it was the shock mm. of i mm. mean i never expected that but anyway mm. um so okay so malna's in weinberg now malna mm. starts um the madrasa at the masjid at yusufia masjid mm. that's correct yes malna was the co-imam and who was the imam at the time the imam at the time when sheikh nazim had passed away oh, and yeah. his student uh imam hanif slamang Ah, okay. I taken the reins, being the, the the head imam. And was was Malina like still fresh there? Uh, you know, yes, very fresh, board. very fresh. Mm. Yes. Uh, so so what had happened was when I left my my father's business, uh, and went to teach at uh, in in Fori, the same time I took on the imamat post. I see. Yeah. I see. In Weinberg at, at the yeah. Yusufia Masjid. Yes. Okay. So so I requested from the in the, the committee if I could use the Masjid premises. And they were only too happy to no. to allow me to do that, inshallah. So Hanla Sadi Darunaim is now born. No, so but it wasn't called that. It wasn't called that. <laughs> what is it called? It was called Yusuf. It was, I took the name of the masjid. Okay. Yusufia uh, Arabic and Islamic Institution. Yes. Right. And then Malna mm. moved over to Kasatan Road Masjid, which is called. Um, mm. Is it called Darunaim as well? The the name of the masjid is Darunaim. Oh, okay. That's where the the new name came from. Right. Obviously. And it remained the same. Uh, I have to mention also that. All the while, uh, who was uh, who was teaching with me in Fori was Monana Muath. Right. And he, he was I was constantly making mashura with him, and he was in, uh, supporting me all the way. In fact, he assisted me in in drawing up the first uh, what shall we call it the um, flyer. Okay. To advertise the institution. Oh, Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. Mm. Um, and then tell us about the early days because I know. I mean, I. I still feel like I was part of the early days, but there were earlier days than that at Yusufia mm. when Malna just started out. Just give us a description quickly of what first year looked like. Well, nothing really exciting to say about that. Uh, obviously, it was a handful of students. You know, uh, I always uh, advise. Was the... Yes, obviously. No, he was there, definitely. Uh, I always advise anyone who wants to start up a school. And, uh, and I say, in my opinion, small is better. Mm. Start out small and grow organically. Mm. You know, sometimes they see an institution after 10, 20 years and it has grown and they think that that's how you must start. Mm. You know, and sometimes you are disappointed when it doesn't start that way. Mm. You know, so start small. And I, this is the niya that I made because, you, you, you know, you're starting out something so fresh, so new. You have no idea what the response is going to be. So my niya was, Ya Allah, even if you send me one student, mm. you know, we, I'm going to follow through and be as enthusiastic as if you had sent me 100 students, you know. So Alhamdulillah, um, there was there was a decent response. Uh, I think we had about... This is, I think it's important that, that mm. our dear viewers understand mm. the context of what we're speaking about. Mm. There's nothing like this, mm. as far as I know, yeah. uh, in Cape Town. And there hasn't ever been before that. No. 
where you're basically studying what an alim would study, even though Molina never really advertised it as such. No. Because it was a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I, I, just, I think I was like halfway through first year and somebody told me, oh, you're going to study further. I'm like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Study further? Correct. Study further what? <laughs> this is it. You're doing this course. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. Then I came to learn that, oh no, it's actually first year, second year of an alim course. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a but, novel but, but, idea. But, 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 but the, the interesting part is that Molina had designed it such that the first two years is so comprehensive that, in my opinion, this this is something that is palatable and doable for the layman. Ah. And it's actually the a level where the layman should be, you know, to give him a, a well-rounded understanding of his deen. Mm. You know, and, and speaking about the Qur'an, uh, think about this, and I think about this on a logical uh, sense, in a logical sense, that... Should it not be that every Muslim should read the Quran and understand what he's reading cover to cover, at least once in his lifetime or her lifetime? Of course, right? absolutely. And coming back to when you asked me about my favorite hobby, mm. right? Uh, it, what, you remember what it is? Foosball. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I thought Mullah was going to say. Mullah didn't say that one. Mullah said it's uh, listening to the story of Reva. Yeah. So, you know what the common thread is over there? The common thread is, number one, s- someone is looking for the truth. Uh. They realize it's more to life than just existing. Right. So number one, they're looking for the truth. Number two, the common thread is, they never start by Islam. In fact, for the most of them, Islam is not even a consideration. Mm. But because they're looking for the truth, mm. Allah eventually puts Islam in their path. Yes, I know. Without them even looking for it. And when they come, when they stumble across Islam, the most logical thing is to what? To go to the primary source. Uh. So they go to the Quran. Yes. And they read, a non-Muslim reads the Quran cover to cover within an average period of three months. Yes, I know. Why? Because it's logical. Uh. You and I and others, we are born Muslim. Yeah. And our entire life, we never think of it. Illogical. <laughs> Right? Absolutely illogical. So, so that's that's what it is all about. Mullah mm. brought up a pertinent point. Mm. I was actually going to ask this question, but it was basically spelled out in what Mullah mm. said. I was going to ask the question, what is the the ultimate objective of having this institute? Is it mm. to create ulama? Is it... But yes. I think, just to reiterate, since Mullah actually answered it already, mm. how would you express this in, in one line? What's the objective of a person going to an institute like Darun Naim, what's that person's end goal? Well, there's many ways you can, basically, you can uh, express this. One would be to make uh, understanding the Quran the standard. Right? Every Muslim, this is something every Muslim should do mm. to be able to read the Quran and understand it. Or, at least giving the opportunity for a Muslim to go through the Quran in meaning cover to cover once in his or her lifetime. Mm. Basically, mm. you understand? Like I say, um, when a child is born to a set of parents, it's a given this child is going to learn, go to school, learn to read and write English. Uh, they're going to learn how to do arithmetic, to add and subtract, etc. And then various, other, so those things are given. Mm. It's a given, right? Shouldn't it be a given? that this child will also understand the Qur'an when he reads it? Mm. Can, could it not be? Not only that it could be, it should be. Mm. Right? 
And so this is the vision actually, inshallah. Mm. Subhanallah. Mm. Uh, absolutely uh, well said, Manla. The, the, other, the other statement that Manla mentioned earlier on is also very important mm. that this, this two years is, is not, whilst it's part of what an alim would learn, yes. Mm. But that's not the point. The point no. is, it's, this is what every Muslim should know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I think well, it's, it's very important um, that people understand, like mm. if you know somebody that's going to enroll at Daruna Aim, this person is not, I'm going to go be an alim now. Mm. That's not the thing. Like when I enrolled, I certainly didn't have that. I heard those people say they can teach you to understand the Quran in a year. Let me go check what that's all about. This mm. is Arabic. Let me go check what that's all about. And then um, teach me how to make salah, how to mm. uh, take wudu properly, you know, the basics of my deen, how to uh, conduct myself in business. Mm. That's it. That's Get really it. that's really what it comes down to. Get and it. and this was part of, of what Monana wanted to do mm. in bringing that course over. Correct. Because what you find is, I mean, if I look at my childhood, when you're in primary school, you are sent to madrasa mm. or the colloquial term Islam school. Yeah. Uh, you you learn, alhamdulillah, you learn a bit. But when you come to a high school, then slums school or madrasa starts taking a backseat, especially mm. when you approach matric. Yeah. Am I right? And let's face it, what you learn in those years is inadequate. Mm. Really. You know, and again, the example I use is, you know, if you take a jug of water and you add a teaspoon of salt, and for every teaspoon of salt, you add one grain of sugar. Mm. Right? And then you stir it nicely and you tell yourself, now nah, I'm going to drink sweet water. Mm. No, you can drink salt water, right? Mm. Even though you, you put one grain of sugar, but the majority is salt. So similarly, you send your child out into the Western world, right? They go to school, they watch movies, they read the Western magazines, they go to university and they get one grain of Quran and Sunnah at Madrasa or Islam school. Mm. And you expect them to come out loving Allah, loving Rasulullah, loving the Quran. You understand? Ajay. So that's basically what we have. Mm. Now, what what's supposed to happen is everyone has a worldview, right? How do you see the world? How do you process things? Uh, when you're faced with things, you know, what or how how do you how do you base your what do you base your decisions on? What mm. are the driving force behind the decisions you make and so forth? So that basically all comes from your worldview, right? What worldview should you have? The Quran, mm. right? All your decisions must be must be based on 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 how you see yourself on the day of Qiyamah. No, basically, and that comes from the Quran. No, Subhanallah. It's a. Uh, mm. uh, I'm I'm again being taken back to experiencing all of this for the mm. first time. Um. It's exactly like that. And sometimes I have to remind myself, and I also, with, mm. with, with my wife who also studied at Daruna Naim, mm. I have to remind her when we, when we face certain situations in life, mm. uh, be it with family members or friends, mm. and then we notice, but the response is somewhat different mm. to what makes sense. To, like it, mm. something just doesn't make sense. It can be in small things. Mm. For example, just to, to make it more tangible, somebody passes away mm. for us. There's no question about what must happen next. Mm. It's like natural. You have mm. to go through the burial rites like, and then the mirath and, and the shares are like this and like that. Mm. And then you come to learn that it's not actually like that for mm. other people. Mm. Like they thinking about what does the law say and mm. what's fair and you know, they've Correct. got their own ideas and you, we just take it for granted now mm. retrospectively yes, like yes. because we went through that system. But 
when did when did that happen? Mm. That happened when we when we came into contact with the Quran. Mm. So mm. I've got to, I call it being plugged out of the matrix mm. um, because you wake up into mm. this re- new yes. reality yes. and you see the world differently. Mm. I'm not saying not saying you become a perfect person no. or an angel mm. or you never make mistakes, mm. even though people sometimes hold you in that respect. Mm. What I am saying is you've now got a framework to live by. Mm. Absolutely. And to Abs- live up to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before that, you, you're just making up your own stuff. You're just Correct. going with what the, the world says. Yes. And, and it gives you so much contentment. Mm. Subhanallah. It's unbelievable how content you are because you know you have something to fall back on or something yeah. that's guiding you. You know, so whatever you, especially students who after they've matriculated and they go to university and they're faced with all the onslaughts, the, 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 the yeah. you know, the kufr onslaughts, trying to snatch the iman all away the from them. Yeah, all the isms and ologies. But they are able to to stand their ground. Because they know who they are. And they're able to filter out, you, you understand? No. And and because whatever is going to come their way, it's being discussed already in the Quran. SubhanAllah. Mm. They've been warned about it so in the Quran. So how do you survive without this? I'm just thinking like, what, what would you do? You'd be such a confused individual. But this is the thing. This is the thing. Once you've done it, then you ask yourself the question, how could I have existed? Before this, oh. <laughs> how did I operate before this? You know, it, it's it's certainly and and, like and, and this is actually part of the success because whoever has done the first year, just the first year, even mm. right, you find our students that are coming now are basically friends and family and 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 children of of past students. Mm. Subhanallah. My nephew's there at the moment. Yes, alhamdulillah. Um, Yasin. Yes, yeah, that's right. And it's really it, it amazes me because. Mm. As I said, your framework is there. You've got something to live up to. You don't necessarily always meet the bar, but mm. you know what the bar is. Mm. You mm. have the roadmap and mm. it really feels like, the, I know the parable was made many times before that it's like having a roadmap to life. Mm. Um, at least you have a map. Mm. And without this, you just get plummeted into more and more darkness, which is what people encounter in the real world. Um, here you have this this map and this guiding mm. light. And I I beg to differ as far as the, only the first year, Molina. I, I see it as like an essential. No, it is. So, to do so, the so yes, but at least the first year gives you that sort of that desire. Yeah, the, uh, the makan yeah, phase. So we, so, we call it the makan phase. So, when someone comes, and especially matriculants, they, uh. they are only prepared to give one yeah, gap year. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, I said, no problem. It's another 12 month but salary. It, but at least give me the opportunity to convince you in the first year. No. And we are successful with. With a fair amount. No. You understand with you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mala actually just mm. told me on the first day, no, no, you must sign up for both years. <laughs> but be that as it may. So so I believe that, and mm. Mala calls it the Makkan and the Madinan phase. Correct. Uh, as a simple breakdown is that in Makkah, you didn't really find ahkam and rules mm. and regulations. Mm. It was about building your faith and your, your knowledge of Allah, yeah. your belief in the Akhirah, those mm. things. And then, you know, when you got all this inspiration and motivation and mm. spirituality, you go and learn actually how to put that into practice in the second year. Mm. Because you think you know until you come to the second year and you figure out, so. how did I make salah before this? <laughs> no, Allah, it's strange. Like, how how did I make salah Correct. before learning how to make salah? Correct. How did I take wudu? How did I make hustle? It's insane. Yeah. Like, how mm. did I know the difference between madi and wadi? And, mm. and Correct. Now, okay, that's it. I, I also, uh, something that I really enjoy doing when I, is, is answering questions mm. on, on Seeker's Guidance. So people send in written questions and mm. they have to write out answers. Right. I'm saying this 
because it's a way for me to learn. Mm. Like every question, it can be the simplest question. It's an opportunity for me to go and read a bit about it and remind myself. Mm. So I really love it. Um, and I come to 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 be in contact with the with the minds of the Muslims of the world. Mm. Because the question is coming from all over the world. And you see that. You see that type of confusion. Mm. You know, like people don't know basic things. Correct. That would just make their life so much simpler. Correct. And that was the strange thing actually about second year. Mm, mm. Is like the more I came to learn, the easier Islam became. Mm, absolutely. And you take I mean, me, to practice. You take me back to my to my uh, study years as well. The thing that blew me away when I started studying fiqh was the amount of detail, but like you said, simplifying life, man. No. Just knowing what to do and yes. how to do it. Yes. And it's it's not something which is overly difficult to in fact it's almost natural to do yeah yeah but just knowing that you have to do it and this is how you do it subhanallah no, and, and and i don't mean by this don't misunderstand me i'm not saying that it's mm. easy to learn and that it's mm. easy knowledge no no mm. no mm. it gets very complicated <laughs> and complex and deep yeah I, i'm saying the initial phases like the, mm. what you learn at the darunaim level mm. it it it's not going to make your life difficult it's going to make mm. your life easier yeah that's Correct. that's mm. really what what i mean and to, to give you an understanding, you don't become confused over things that make other people confused. Mm. You don't doubt your deen or is my action. Mm. You have confidence in everything that you do. Um, mm. You know, in the sense of ibadah, like mm. you know, okay, that's a valid salah because it fulfilled those 17 arkan Correct. and you know the arkan. So it's a beautiful thing to have and I mm. can't imagine, wallahi, I can't imagine uh, a life without it. Okay, so we've, we've really been through the Daru Naim is there now. Mm. Tell us, Malna, about um, we know that in the first year we cover the Quran, mm. but that wasn't always the case. So, because yes, okay, when, when so, I heard about that so, name so for the first time, go, it let's, wasn't let's like that. Let's go back to the our first first year. Yes, right. So it was the first time that I'm going to do the Quran ever, ever in this fashion. And, right. And the idea was to do as much of it as we could. No. So for the entire year, we reached my favorite surah, Surah An-Nur. Mashallah. <laughs> and we've completed Surah An-Nur, and that was how far we could get. Right, which is quite far. Which is Alhamdulillah, and you have to remember, I was the only teacher at that time. Right. The following year, because now we have first is graduating to second year, and you first year, so I need another teacher, and uh, Alhamdulillah, employed the service of Mawlana Zakaria. Mm. Alhamdulillah. So the second batch who was, of who was teaching me afternoon madrasa at that time, is it? by the way. Allah, yes. mashallah. Yeah, I was I was in Mawlana Zakaria's afternoon at the madrasa, madrasa in Square Masjid. That's right. Okay, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. So, uh, so we were obviously friends from from uh, Darul Ulum Newcastle days, right? And uh, and so he was obviously my my choice for for being a teacher. Were you in the same class, Mulana? No, I was a bit ahead of him. Okay. Uh, apparently, uh, consequently, Mulana Zakaria and Mulana Waad were, were schoolmates okay. at Abibia Madrasa. Okay. But nevertheless, so so the second batch of first years, we went as far as the twenty second Jews. Okay. I think it was. And I thought to myself, okay, this is probably where we're going to. Uh. And then came the third batch of, of third years. Mulana uh, Wasif. Right. Uh, Dr. Mujib. Okay. Uh, Aman was in that. <laughs> can, can, uh, I, can, I, can I jump in here, Mulana? Sure, sure. That batch of students. Right. When I first heard about Darun Naim, I was an mm. Atikaf in Squirrel Masjid. And okay. I was in Standard 8. I gave a talk then. Well, like I came yes, to give a talk yes, at the masjid, yes, 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 and yes. Wasif and Mujib and myself, 
I shouldn't call them that, but we were all on first name basis, right. bases, right? Uh-huh. So we all were interested, but I was still at school. And, and then immediately I went to my father and I mm. asked my father mm-hmm. and Mona Zakaria separately, mm. you know, if I can't just leave school uh. and then go and do this course. <laughs> and then they said, no, I, I need to finish. They made my shara. And they said, no, I must first finish school. So I, subhanAllah, I could have been <laughs> in that class. <laughs> Things would have turned out differently. Nevertheless, so amongst them was a revert from America, Isa Sadlon. I remember him. Right? He reverted mm-hmm. to Islam, mashallah. He was actually a, a, an administrator, a managing director of a, of a museum in, in Chicago. Okay. But he embraced Islam, he had retired, and he was a friend of Sheikh Hassan's. And Sheikh Hassan insisted, you must come do the course. And he came to do the course. And he enjoyed the Quran so much. And I already prepared them. I said, look, this is as far as we can do, reach ah. because of my previous experience. Isa said, no, we're going to finish the Quran. There's no way we cannot finish the Quran. Ah. Absolutely not. And on his insistence and his barakah, told Mazakar, you know what? Let's, let's, let's push through this, man. And guess what? That year was the first year, which was the third batch of, of first years. We finished the Quran. We made khatam in Ramadan, in the masjid on Laylatul Qadr. Yes, Alhamdulillah. And ever yes. since that year, we've been making Khatm al-Quran, except for the 2020, ah, that because of yeah, COVID. So obviously we were finding off it, yeah. Subhanallah, mm. Ajib. So I was, I was, I mean, I was of the fortunate ones. I came 2006 and, and that was my experience, right, the, right. the full Quran. Mm. Um, things were also changing in terms of the growth of the madrasa at and, that time. And when you, when you, Tell someone that we do the whole Quran within one year, they th- they find it impossible. <laughs> Sometimes they think that you're lying. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. But I mean, you are testimony to the fact that it is doable and it is being done. It's it's really mm. doable, mm. Subhanallah. I mean, I don't know how things go from year to year, and obviously mm. things change over time. Mm-hmm. We were about thirty in a class. Mm-hmm. We didn't rush. No, none of the Quran was rushed. Mm. I mean, we didn't go at a slow pace. I specifically recall when Malina reached Surah Yunus. Mm. And that day, Malina came in class, Malina said, uh, fasten your seatbelts. Right. Today we're going to move. <laughs> and we moved. We finished the entire Surah Yunus in that one period. Mm. Um, but lo and behold, because we were so thorough in the first 10 This is the uh, thing. This is the thing because um, vocab is repetitive. Yes. The grammar is repetitive. So now you get for that pace. Right. And the, and the pace actually becomes invigorating. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yes, of, of mm. course. Because now you look, you're still in your studies. Mm. You're still like fourth month, fifth month. Mm. Mm. No, I lie. You're more like in the middle of the year. Mm. And you are now starting to understand. Exactly. Verses that you didn't learn in class. Mm. Mm. You know, look, obviously, uh, Everybody absorbs at different rates, mm, mm. right? If you're slow like me, it might take <laughs> no. a lot more effort. So we used to uh, study a lot. I'm mm. not gonna, I'm not gonna lie about mm. it. We studied a lot because we wanted a lot out of it. Yes. So myself, Molina Anwa and Molina Rafik, yes. Allah, they're all Molinas. Didn't even realize. It. Um, we used to study every day mm. on our own, and then on weekends, mm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But that's that's the only way. If you really want to to get a grasp on it, you have to put in effort. No. Mm. Okay, but my point in saying that was that we studied it for mm. the ten, first 10 ajaza mm. to practically be uh, mahfud, like mm. that we're half of it, right. so to speak. Yes, yes. Um, 
Yeah. Mm. So it's a lot of work. But then you come to the next Jews and you mm. can understand verses before yes. or as the teacher's translating. So so what will happen is as you go along, you'll find that on every new page, you will know more and more no. of the vocab. So let's say you've passed in Ajza, then the next page you're probably going to know more than 50% of the vocab no. on, on each page. And Absolutely. Like it will just increase like that. وَلَقَدْ يَسَّرْنَا الْقُرْآنَ لِلذِّكْرِ فَهَلْ مِنْ مُدَّكِرِ So when you, when you come across that surah, mm. that's when the tears start flowing in class. I remember mm. uh, it was ajeeb. You know, Allah says, and indeed we have made the Qur'an easy for learning. So mm. will there be anyone who learns mm. you know, or memorizes? But uh, this mountain of a task, you know, this mammoth of a task may seem impossible And until you do it and then you realize, you know, subhanAllah, it's so possible. So you finish a Quran uh, from cover to cover in the first year mm-hmm. and then you get examined on the first 10 ajza. I don't know if it still works like that, but we had to study that first 10 ajza because you could get asked mm-hmm. anyway and any passages and you needed to be able to do the grammatical analysis of any place in the Quran. You don't mm-hmm. know where they're going to ask you these questions. Um, so, you know, It's such an honor, it's such a privilege, it's such a, a spiritual experience to sit through exams like mm. that. Now, at the time, I was extremely competitive, I'm sure Mullah can remember. <laughs> But, um, and, and I don't think mm. my akhlaq was in the right place. I don't think my qalb was in the right place. I pray mm. that Allah makes it Amen. eventually one day Amen. in the right <laughs> place. But I certainly was still very, you know, uh, a diamond mm. in the rough, I would mm. say. Yes. Hopefully still uh, going to become a diamond one day. Um, it was... It was Challenging, but that experience, I mean, you're studying Quran, mm. you're sitting and you're studying Quran, and you're scratching and your head of Quran. And just to think, a year prior to that, you knew nothing of the Quran. Nothing. Not a word. And now it's not words, it's not sentences, it's mm. ajaza mm. that you are able to sit and translate mm. independently. Uh, words cannot give true expression to what that feels like. Mm. You know, But it's, it's just proof of you know how how it is within the reach of everyone subhanallah Inshallah. subhanallah and with amazing teachers such as yourself I really uh, I oh. uh, used to say rahimahullah used to say you get three types of teachers you get the teacher mm. that teaches the book mm. then you get the teacher that uh, teaches the subject so in other words he's not confined to the book mm. but the third type of teacher inspires So the, that teacher makes you want to become like that teacher so and possibly me, even better. So let me say something. You remember, I think it was the end of your first year? No. So you were chosen to be the speaker. Am I yeah, right? Yes. Right? <laughs> Do you remember which surah you quoted? Yes, absolutely. Right. Surah Wadduha. No. And you gave, a, mashallah, you gave a very inspiring talk. Yes, you remember what Molana, Molana Zakaria's remarks were? I do. What did he say? I do, but I'm not going to say them. You said, anyways, and alhamdulillah, beautiful words and, and true words. Our students make us look good. <laughs> no, but seriously, you deserve to, to get, uh, you deserve the, the thanks that I have to give. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or man lam nas, lam uh, so, I mean, I mean, they did always. And we, and we thank our teachers also, inshallah. Subhanallah. So, It, the, the madrasa expanded from there It grew and grew and grew mm. uh, I remember eventually It's like you look at them It's just like a sea of people mm. um, It was no longer 30 people in a class It mm. was now I mean mm. tell us about the growth And the expansion of the madrasa So Ajib Allah Allah obviously 
is latif. Allah is subtle in his planning, subhanallah. So we were sitting in second and I was teaching hadith. And we came across a particular hadith. The long and short of it is that the problem amongst the women folk was a big problem in hijab, basically. Mm. So we said, okay, so we're reading this, we're speaking about it. And is that it? You know, we're just going to finish class and, and all agree that it's a problem. You know, shouldn't there be action? And then, subhan, once I always say this, subhan, the women, Allahu Akbar. When Allah puts hidayah and fikr in women, subhanallah, then amazing things happen. Yeah, take Allah over the Akbar. world. Alhamdulillah. And I can speak of experience over the years of, of teaching males and females together. The males are lazy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and I always get them on this because I want them to wake up. No. So, so, subhanallah, the women just got onto it. And that was, that was the birth of the unveiling program. I think you were yes. in your second, second year. year second yes. years. And they went about the very... Malna was teaching Surah Nur in our class. Okay. And, and Hadith to the third years. And I think it came up in both sides. Both sides. And then we discussed the, the no. matters. And then the women, they were phoning around for venues and so forth. And they were starting to plan. And lo and behold, it culminated in the first uh, unveiling program, which mm. was a huge success. I think we had about 800 attendees. And there was, attendees were so inspired that the following year, the, in, the enrollment skyrocketed to, to about, uh, what, 100 female uh, yeah. applicants, subhanAllah. And ever since, it is... That, and that was the first year that my wife was in first year. Allahu Akbar, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so alhamdulillah, that, that's basically the, the growth of... of I, I wasn't going to include this, but that just came up mm. now on the side. You know how many people got married at Daru Naim? Oh, subhanAllah. There's, there's this... Myth that I've got a black book. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I got a text uh, a few days ago from Mu'allima Zulfa got a text okay. saying that if Mu'allima, so the, the, you know how a story changes. Right. Does Mu'allima Mu'allima still have the black box? <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> so the myth started with the black book. Now no, it's a black, the black box. box. Yes, yeah. <laughs> What does Mu'allima keep uh, in the box? <laughs> no, um, subhanAllah. So many of my friends and colleagues mm. Um, we were students and they ended up getting married either to other students or you know but it's a very good culture mm. because when I say married I mean like in the way that's weird for many Muslims mm. where, where there's no mm. real dating involved they, you know because why do they want to get married mm. you want to get married because you, you want to stay in the obedience of Allah and mm. this looming thing you mm. know your human need and desire yes. mm. is constantly looming over you so this is the halal way to do it mm. and it's, it's something that just naturally becomes uh, a thing, but it's not like Daruna Im is going to force It seems like that, you know, if you look on the outside. Subhanallah. And Malana is a very good matchmaker. So, Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> Mashallah. Um, okay, so now what's it looking like now, Malana? Tell us about what Daruna Im is today. What it is today is what it always was, I think. <laughs> now, like describe, okay. I, mean, I mean, describe it. So we have the masjid. Okay, so look. What has happened, alhamdulillah, there's been a lot of organic growth, I like to call it. And as you know, a lot of other institutions were born from, from, no. this, from this very system. Because it's, it's actually, you know, people think it's something so, so extraordinary and so sophisticated or complicated. 
But it's actually very simple. Mm. It's just we're doing the Quran cover to cover in the first year. And I truly believe that that is the success in the Barakah. Mm. And and it's something that is not difficult to do. And that is why other insti- uh, others uh, like Mu'allima Fadwa, Mu'allima Radia, Unna uh, Khalil, and I mean, they obviously they are, they are students and scholars in their own right, but they've seen that this is something that can be done mm. and should be done. You know, uh, and as a result, Alhamdulillah, and because they're also teaching the Quran on the similar system, it's it's successful, it's barakah, mm. Alhamdulillah. No, mm. no. So, okay, and in terms of physical infrastructure, the madrasa also grew. It mm. was initially at uh, Yusufia, then mm. it was at Castletown Road in that one mm. little classroom. Yes. That one and I had the office. Right, right, right. And then from there, it went upstairs. Mm. My class was upstairs. Right, right. right? And, um, that year, there was a building. We purchased. We purchased the house at the back. No, 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 not yet, not yet. Oh. This was in my first year, so the masjid itself was expanded. That's correct. Yes, and so we moved temporarily to 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 Square, Square Hill Masjid. That's yes, right. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. That's right. I think you arranged that for us. Am I right? I can't remember that. It must have been possible. Because, but yeah. Zakaria was was also very involved. That's there. correct. That's correct. That's correct. Um, yes. Oh, I remember. Yes, I remember. Yeah. There was a, a little bit of uh, addition to the. Masjid. I thought I would have been able to arrange it at that stage. <laughs> Um, but subhanallah, mm. so so um, then we moved into that new section, right? Which is like a kind yeah. of like a classroom at yes, the time. Yes, yes. It's also just part of the masjid. Mm. And then when we went to second year, or just before we went to second year, then a, p- a property was purchased adjacent to the masjid. Correct, correct. And mm. it was uh, was that the masjid? Is it part of the masjid or part of the madrasa? Well, the, the madrasa bought it. Okay. The madrasa bought it, uh, alhamdulillah. And uh, here again, I have to mention Brother Abdurrahman Bailey, mashallah. He was uh, very instrumental. Mashallah. In fact, I had, uh, we had brought up the, the discussion for, for purchasing in the Majid Committee. Uh. They felt that they weren't up for uh, for the task. Uh, so, I, alhamdulillah, I mean, I, I left it. I didn't consider it any further. Mm. And I was sitting in my office one day and Abdurrahman just walked in and he says, come, we're going. And that was it. And we st- we started the brainstorming. He took me to, you know, he owns the Ibanez Pizza in, mm. in uh, Karasi Park. We sat down at the table there. We started writing down names and plans and so forth. And we took a trip to Joburg and so forth before you knew it. Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. That was, was bought. That was happening all in front of my eyes, like the growth of this yes, madrasa. And I, I mean, up until this day, I, I'm very proud you know, graduate of Darun Naim. Alhamdulillah. Like, uh, it really is part of my identity <laughs> because it, it shaped who mm. I am, you know. Um, I don't know if that's an embarrassing thing for Molina. <laughs> no, <or> no. <laughs> no shaped, alhamdulillah. It shaped who I am. And, and, and this growth, subhanAllah, it brought so much excitement. Mm. Not even, for us, it wasn't even to the school, it was to deen. Mm. No, Allah's deen. We could see younger women were wearing hijab. Mm. You know, just mm. everywhere. Yes. And it became a, something that people were more and more conscious of. Mm. Obviously, not only exclusively because of Darun Naim, mm. but this phenomenon was happen- happening before our eyes. We could see our families being impacted, mm. lives being changed, mm. um, youth turning their lives around, getting married at a very young age just to protect their chastity. Mm. Mm. Uh, we saw all these things happening. And then, you know, to see the building being bought and we had to witness the 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 decking out of the building as well, you know, like the library. Yes, 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 mashallah. Subhanallah, it was such a, such a phenomenal growth. And then there was now a third year also being added to it. Um, 
how far is Monina gotten now with with uh, beyond the second year program? Is is there anything beyond that? Well, at the moment, we you know are back to only two years. What what we found was that um, with the third year, this is just my personal opinion, that um, you need to be on a particular level of Arabic if you want to negotiate the 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 the, the text in the books of the third year, no. right? So what we found was that very often there are students that can manage that text. Right. But sometimes you find students that are so uh, enthusiastic because they just want to stay in the environment of of, of ilm and deen and no. studying and so forth that they want to do the third year. But to be honest, they are not geared yet for the third year. Mm. Uh, so we found it to be a bit of uh, problematic. I felt that time could be better spent. Right. So and resources as well. And resources as well. So I always say, and 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 I, I stand by this. If there's one student that I feel that this student is qualified to do the third year and will actually go out and be an asset to society, then we will use our resources to accommodate even one student, which we did. Right. In fact, we had a student from Durban, Walima Siddiqa. Uh, who brilliant student, mashallah, and uh, she wanted to continue. So we we gave her a third year and we gave her a fourth year. In fact, Mulama Ali is still doing online courses with her. Oh, wow. But guess what? She's opened up an institution in Durban. Oh, mashallah. So so it's it's time and sacrifice well spent. Right. Do you understand? So this is basically what we have. So I wouldn't say we have a a third year. Specifically, right. But we are prepared to okay. offer that facility if someone sh- shows sort of the right, ability. Right, right. No, I remember. Does that, that make sense? No, of course, mm. of course. And I remember that type of enthusiasm that Molina speaks of. Like mm. some ladies just wouldn't leave. Mm. Like if Molina had a 16th year, they would still be there, mm. you know, because that's how enthusiastic they they became. Yeah. In, in, and and there's very little environments yeah. yes. like this. Yeah. So so every year, there's the, the female students they they, they request Molina. Don't you want to have a third year? I said no problem. Uh, let me test you and then we can see if you mm. and then no one wants to come to this dinner. <laughs> 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 it's such a one and only thing to do yes <laughs> I, I, I don't mean any no, in, in, in a malicious way uh, <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh, but I mean we've come to mm, grow in, you uh, know fond of Molina in that way Molina's um, got a very light hearted way of dealing with the students and that I'm, was I'll accept I mean I mean Rob, that, that I think was one of the um, critical points that impacted me was the relationship that that Molina allowed me to have mm, with Molina and Molina Zakaria and my other teachers, mm. um, yeah, we can speak about funny stories. But the point is mm. that it wasn't just about the academics; mm. it was about a genuine transformation. It was about taking students by the hand, and that mm. meant a lot to us. Yes, yes. You know that type of relationship. And I think we found that this is what the young students need. This is what the youth need. They need uh, the ulama to be accessible. Mm. They need to be able to sit with them and sometimes, you know, let down their hair, uh, the, the teachers let down their hair a little bit no. and uh, have fun with them, but allow them also to ask, you know, some awkward questions and, no. and just be themselves, you mm. know. Mm. No, that's a mm. beautiful thing. May Allah mm. always keep that with the Institute and I mean, always be a means mm. for students to, you know, for their hearts to open up mm. and come closer Although to Although I them. must say things have changed because the bigger the class gets, the more difficult it becomes no. to extend yourself. To all the students mm. like that. But we try, we try our best. No. Mm. Subhanallah. Okay. 
Uh, what what does the future look like in in Molina's dreams of Darunaim? Um, I mean, there's obviously the institute itself, mm-hmm. but beyond that, Molina spoke about a world where it's a standard mm. for everyone right. to know or to be able to understand the Quran. Tell us tell us a bit about that dream. How do we get there, and what role does Darunaim play in that okay. regard? So. Alhamdulillah, um, we we didn't discuss the acquisition of the Laksharama, so yep, we didn't. So, so that also happened in 2015. Uh, Mona Khalil, mashallah, was very instrumental in that as well. At at the time, he was still a teacher at the madrasa. So, five years is it five years ago? I think no, seven years had passed, and it was a bit of a challenge after acquiring the Lux because you know. Uh, architects fees and, and professional fees and getting a plan drawn up and plus so a huge project yes so it's it's, it's quite costly mm. and it's also time consuming mm. and then of course along comes COVID and so forth so I was in a bit of a catch 22 as to you know how to go forward and, and people are asking you know what's happening with the Lux people, right. people have have contributed and so forth it must be a very awkward situation yeah so we, we were discussing myself and some other brothers who were strategic in the acquisition of the Lux that, you know, maybe it's just best to to sell it to a Muslim who will obviously use it in a, in a, in a proper way. For example, uh, you know, a, a Muslim businessman, mm. you know, then keep the, 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 the open land, right? So subdivided, keep the open land and then use the proceeds to build something much smaller, but at least, right. at least there's something to show so, uh, and I had uh, one of my students, maybe you know him, uh, Rafik Phillips, he's an architect. I had him draw, draw up an, a plan for that. Beautiful plan he came up with, subhanAllah, for a, a madrasa. Because the, 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 the worry is that I'm not always going to be there, of course. So, what happens? May Allah preserve you for many, many more years. <laughs> I mean, inshallah, when, when another imam comes to the masjid, and the masjid basically houses the madrasa. Right. Um, what will that dynamic be like? You know, so Darun actually needs its own independent premises mm. for continuity. So this was the plan. And uh, I went into some discussions with with, uh, with, a, with a brother regarding the, the purchase of the Lux. And so discussions were on its way. Subdivision was on its way. Lo and behold, uh, I, I get a phone call from someone, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this publicly, so I won't mention any names. And basically, long and short of the story is, mashallah, this generous, wealthy person offers to do the development of the Lux. Wow, subhanAllah. So, uh, Allah reward him abundantly, inshallah. Amin, ya And actually, it has started already. The roof has been replaced already, alhamdulillah. Yes, mm. So what is that, what is that? So what, what that means like? now is, obviously, that uh, because every year we have a problem and the problem is we reach capacity and then we have to turn students away. We tell you the demand for this studies, Alhamdulillah, Quran and, and Fiqh and so forth and Islamic studies, there's a great demand for it and the demand is growing, Alhamdulillah. So this basically means that we will be able to cater for much more. Shalom. Also, uh, I think the Lux being, being the building it is, also is very conspicuous. So I think it's more publicity for the institution. Mm. Uh, and I think uh, people are more attracted also to, 
to an institution where the building is is you know pleasant and yes. feel good as a feel good no. uh, situation. So, uh, so I think that will enhance basically the the in, enrollment. And I think that what has happened with uh, the likes of Malima Fadwa, Malima uh, Radia, Malima Monana uh, Khalil, who have started other institutions. We have uh, Sheikh Ismail, Malana Ismail Yahya also in 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 Mitchell's plane. Mm. So I think this should continue to happen, you know, uh, where more and more institutions should open up, where the same thing is offered. Our only problem is obviously we need to, and maybe you can be instrumental in this, we need to find ways and means where we don't have to worry about finance, mm. you know, because uh, it becomes a numbers game, mm. you know. A successful student doesn't, this institution doesn't necessarily have to have 100 students. Man. No. You can have 10 students mm. and you can be a very effective institution. SubhanAllah. You know? I think, uh, well, I mean, this is another discussion for another time, mm. but I honestly believe that we we have facilities within our fiqh that we're not really using and that we should mm. like, waqf is, mm. is mm. one of the main examples that right. comes to mind. Like mm. every masjid, every madrasa should have a waqf mm. that, mm. that basically sustain the, the yeah. institute. I mean, it's difficult to get there, mm. but that's essentially what I believe the dream should be. Mm. Mm. And, and alhamdulillah, I think that maybe you are set up to to take things in that direction, maybe, inshallah. Which, inshallah, inshallah, it will be an mm. honor to, mm. to assist in, in that regard. And and the good folks watching this are perhaps also able to, um, you know, Mm. advise if not mm. anything else then advise as to, as to how to go about that mm. because it does become it is a reality I mean mm. there is the money factor there is the sustainability mm. factor and so forth and I mean it, you, your ikhlas is challenging enough without that mm. <laughs> now you still add that into the equation but, you know uh, where you know that you must fit the bill at the end of the month and you must pay salaries and so on mm. it, it becomes difficult um, but may Allah Ta'ala make it easy and, and, and I sincerely hope and pray that the vision and the madrasa and, and all of those involved in the vision, you know, be guided and protected and preserved Amen. and be filled with khair and barakah and that Allah use all of them always for the khidmah of his deen. Amen. Um, Amen. And what a beautiful khidmah that is. Mulana, um the, the vision that Mulana spoke about, I am very passionate about it. Mm. In fact, at my own my own masjid, mm. we speak like that, but we, we, mm. we hope you know that <laughs> we don't believe it. Our masjid. <laughs> um, I mentioned that uh, I would I would share in that vision of Mulna that mm. every matriculant it must mm. just be standard Absolutely. that they're going to spend a year or two. Uh, for me, ideally two, mm. uh, learning to be a Muslim, mm. learning what Allah says, mm. and learning how to be a servant of Allah. Absolutely. What what's Molina's advice as to how this dream can be a reality for for all and sundry for people who've never thought about it as a reality for their own selves and mm. think about it in terms of mm. other people? Well, I think obviously um, people needs to be people need to be informed of because sometimes people don't even know mm. that this is something that is out there that needs to be done and it can be done. Right. So I getting the word out. I suppose it's, it's maybe a start. Uh, something which Malima Fadwa used to do. Mm. She used to, a, a campaign of going around to 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 schools and so forth. It you does. understand? So, and that has helped. It has helped. Uh, 
So I suppose this is a, a continuation because like you mentioned uh, 10, 20 years ago, nothing like this existed. Now you do find there seems to be a bit of a trend mm. where meticulans or uh, Hafid graduates, they do decide to, to do this, mm. alhamdulillah. Sometimes the problem is is the parent. <laughs> right. Because the parent feels that no, they need not they're going to waste time. They need to go straight to university. Mm. Uh, there's this fear that it will set them back. Yeah. Subhanallah. But there's enough examples showing that that it doesn't set them back at all and only enhances their life. Subhanallah. So so he's coming back to the point is I think we need to get uh, embark on campaigns where we get the word out. Mm. You know, that we that we advertise the institution, we advertise the Quran itself. You understand? And and, and why it is essential. Mm. Uh, exactly what you're doing now. Mm. You know, just continuous bombardment of of of, of information and of, of programs. Well, no, maybe we must consider mm. on the A one time, maybe we must consider doing that uh, translation of the Quran again mm. in an online manner. You'll be surprised. Sometimes you think something didn't have an impact. Mm. Well, uh, um, Zahir was just telling me uh, of two individuals. Okay, I forget this, the second one. The f- the one he said was Maulana Masroor. Okay. Masroor Islands. Yes. He's Maulana today. He's yes. an imam at uh, Krumbu Masjid. Um, I think he's also at Kenwan. Is at he not? Kenwan? No. Where his father is. No, is he not uh, with uh, oh. Sheikh Riyad Walls? No. Possibly. I'm, I could I could be Ali. I'm not sure, but nevertheless. No. So Maulana Zahir was telling me that remember when we had the 13 day Quran translation yeah. right after 10 years of existence he said uh, he was walking home Manazair was walking home and brother at the time it was brother Masroor uh. he was attending the 13 day Quran and he, he gave Manazair a lift home they didn't know each other he just gave him a lift and they got to talking and he said Manazair was telling you so inspired by this trans- translation that eventually ended up in the first year and the second year and then you going to strand and now alhamdulillah no. point being being made is that just translation of Quran huh. people some people are never exposed to something like this huh. and it has such an impact on them subhanallah yeah. so yes it should be something that should be done continuously inshallah no inshallah hmm. um, now inshallah we'll speak when we'll speak and uh Uh, the advice for parents watching this because I mean if I if I'm considering myself not being in the position that I'm in if I was watching this I'd want it for me mm. but if I was a bit older maybe I'm thinking okay um, it's not for me what's the age limit people are not always you know post metric post hive I mean mm. I obviously know of of, of individuals mm. but what's Monina's experience like as far as who this is for so Initially, the from the very start, the idea was matriculants, mm. basically, sort of that age, 50, uh, sorry, 18 and up. Yeah. Uh, at, at the point where they are sort of embarking on on adulthood, right. you know, young adulthood. So I would say at that age especially. So if someone comes to me at the age of 18 and they say, I'm doing between hifz and, and, and doing darunaim, definitely darunaim. Mm. Uh, understanding the Quran at this point is much more important right. than... Yes, memorization, tremendously virtuous. But understanding what you're reading and implementing is is much more important. No. So so I'd say yes, uh, 18 and up. Although we do accept students younger, 
but we interview them first to see the level of maturity. Right. Mm. And for people who are much older? Oh, subhanAllah, we've had, we've had across the board in terms of uh, ages. So we had a, a brother from, from Ladysmith, would you believe it? 85 years old. Yes, brother, I know. Buta Yusuf was his name. Brother Yusuf. We called him Buta Yusuf. Uh, Yusuf Bay. So, uh, so there you go. Wow. You know, there's, there's, there's no limit to and, the age. And Molina Sadiq Bailey was also Molina today. Subhanallah. And just today, you see, uh, I have to remind the students that you're going to find students with various abilities and who are wired differently. So you're going to find your, I call them grammar monsters. Those who take to grammar and they love it so much, you know, they take to it like a fish to water. You're going to find those, right? And then you're going to find another student who absolutely just cannot come to grips with grammar. And I tell them, you can go through the Quran and get by with understanding what you're reading without grammar even. You can, it's possible. You're obviously not going to have the edge that the, the, the grammarian has, but it, you can and you still benefit from the Quran. No. You know? No. And I think it's, it's just very important that people mm. know not to cut themselves off. No. Uh, often we have students uh, who retire mm. and then they start studying like the first time Correct. in their lives. Correct. Yes. And I mean, they, often they also struggle but they, they they find it as profound as the younger ones do. Absolutely, absolutely. Allah is not going to put you into Jannah because you knew grammar very well. No. <laughs> I always tell them the the playing field for taqwa is equal. Allah. <laughs> you know? Allah. Beautiful. And uh, Naam, so parents who want this for their kids, I'm just thinking back when I decided, okay, I'm going to study. I had those types of challenges, you know, where people want to know, so what, what are you studying? Like, what's this going to earn mm. you? You know, what's this going to put on the table? Um, I don't know if those things still exist, but I can imagine it's a scary thing for parents who are not in mm. these circles, mm. you know, mm. for the child to come and say, look, I'm going to sacrifice another two years of my life mm. towards this thing. Mm. Um, it, it must be very intimidating for them. What type of encouragement or, I don't know, Boost of confidence can one tell them. Uh, you, know, you, you speak about this, uh, it reminds me of the Hanif. Mm. Uh, someone not, not there ask him, what can I do with this course? Yes, I love. <laughs> is then, it? Then Buddha Hanif goes into Al-Baya uh, and Subhanallah. Uh, so, so basically, the first and most important thing is, you know, when anyone wants to know, because they ask the question, what they mean is, you know, will they get any credits for university? Yeah. Uh, what sort of earning power will they have after this and so forth? So, uh, in fact, there was a time when, when there was the talk about, you know, having the course credit, uh, accredited so that they can sort of, uh, when they go to university or Technicon, they can have some sort of advantage. And eventually, we decided against it because we want this to be pure ikhlas. You know, you come in here for one reason, one reason, and that is, to know your Allah better and to worship Allah better. Mm. Uh, we don't want there to be any other carrot being dangled yeah. in front of you that, okay, I'm going to get the credit. Even though, I mean, it's not nothing wrong with no, that, no. but we just we just decided against it, you know? So if, if a parent asks, what can you do with this? Then the answer is simple. With this, you'll be able to worship Allah the way Allah wants to be worshipped. Yes, I know. Khalas. End of story. And then, of course, if you are worried about them being set back, then, you know, if you really think about it, then you, you are a believer, and definitely you are a believer, you know the answer to that. You know. 
Really? You really, you just need to dig deep into your heart and ask yourself the question. Uh, can it be in any way detrimental for someone to, to make sacrifice to study the Quran? You be honest with yourself as a Muslim. Hmm. And the answer obviously is clear. And then of course, there are so many examples. So many examples of, of individuals who have given few years of their life for hifz, for this study, and thereafter they've gone to be successful uh, career individuals, no. successful professionals in various fields, subhanAllah. No. So the examples are all there. I don't know of an alim yeah. who, I, I'm not saying they don't exist, but I don't know of an alim going around not having food on the table. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, subhanAllah, yeah. may Allah always provide us with uh, lawful halal sustenance. can I can speak on behalf of all graduates and, and students of Darun Naim and saying a big shukran for all of your sacrifices and your leadership and your guidance and your love that you've shared with us uh, over the years. It's It's been life-changing to say the least. Um, I know with Manana's persona, this is very uncomfortable for me to say. I, I do understand that. Um, but so many people have literally transformed their lives and, and Manana was there holding their hands and Allah has made Manana instrumental in those journeys. It's, so, it's, it's an absolutely two-way stream. I have to tell you that because um, sometimes we're just dusting off what is already there. <laughs> you understand? Because uh, when we walk into the class, you feel the energy of the student, subhanAllah. And of course, without the student, there cannot be an institution. Mm. So I think it's a it's a definitely a two-way stream. Alhamdulillah. SubhanAllah. Mm. And uh, now we pray that uh, our intentions remain sincere Amen. and will our actions be for Allah's deen, that Allah use us for the purposes of his deen. Um, I'm going to ask, for some contact information in case people want to get to know more mm. about the madrasa uh, I'll put that on the screen um, inshallah Jazakumullah uh, khairan I want to just ask if there's any concluding remarks or thoughts that Mullah wants to leave us with or perhaps say just to end off our session yeah. <laughs> be conscious of Allah wherever you may be inshallah the, the main the main endeavor and striving is for this one thing. It is to reach a point where Allah is top of mind. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what it is all about. That the thought of Allah, wherever you are, with whoever you are, whatever you're doing, and that can only be achieved through the Quran, I believe. Allah khairan for joining. It's a real privilege uh, subhanallah mm. and I'm sure many will take inspiration from uh, what was shared here and uh, I implore you to you know make dua for all of the ventures of deen all of the institutions mm. of deen Amen. and efforts of deen mm. and Daru Naim as well it's uh, it's a home to many of us it's our it's our asl like you say here in Cape Town um, and it will always be and uh, our support should always be there. It is always there if you need us. Allah to you also, may Allah accept from you. I think you're doing amazing and tremendous work. And to all the students who are doing work out there, so may Allah accept from you, inshallah. Amen. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.